and welcome to the Suspense is Killing Us podcast. I'm Emily. Travis. Matt. Hi. Hi. We're all here. Hello. Lily's here again, too. Hello, Lily. Hi, baby. Lily's being very good so far. Yes. She's we we she's drove her here in a, a tiny little yeah. puppy bed. Very cute. I have my tranquilizer gun ready to go in case she starts getting out of line. I mean, it's it's also ready to go, frankly, for myself. Just for I mean, just if I'm starting you. to get a little yeah. uh, tense or whatever. Yeah, you need to wake up. But, She's been but, doing real no. good. She's been but making friends with, uh, with my lady friend's dog, Walter. So, oh, Walter, well, Lillian yeah. Walter. Yeah, Walter's what a, a, a nine-year-old French bulldog. Oh. Yeah, he's really cute. He's a good I've boy. Do you happen to know who Walter's named after? Or is he, he is named after? He is named after Walter White. Walter oh. White, because oh, it could be Sobchak. You know, there's yeah. a Walter Matthau, as you yeah, say. Matthau. I would go for Matthau. Walter Cronkite. Cronkite. Mm. Oh, when you've lost Cronkite, you've lost the country. I call him Cronky. Walter Disney. <laughs> Walter Disney. You know. Yeah. Cronkite, one of the most valuable elements. Yes. Super con- uh, a very, very promising superconductor. Oh, L- it's LK99 is going to be called Cronkite. That's why we're on Pandora. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this here is Cronkite. And that's it comes why. out of this whale's dick, <laughs> and it makes old people to young people again, <laughs> and it gives everyone huge breasts, and that's why it's the most valuable substance in the galaxy. Oh, God. Uh, was Giovanni Rabisi in the second one? <laughs> Indeed, he was. That's right. Yeah. Briefly, just for a little. Are bit. we talking about Avatar? Mm, yeah. Yeah. For the rest of the episode, we're changing. We're changing <laughs> the plan, and it's all Avatar. <clears throat> the Avatar's killing us. Sorry, we watched all those movies, <laughs> <laughs> but they were all good. It was worth it, right? Uh. <laughs> so uh, uh, you guys get the blue monkeys and their their, their cultural memory out of here, please. Oh, I hate this voice. Yeah, that's you. That's how he sounds. That's, that's the worst. Honestly, one. like he sounds way worse than that. Yeah. We're we're being generous when we do that impression yeah, of Giovanni Ribisi. Giovanni Ribisi would listen to this podcast and go, "Wow, that makes me sound great." Sound great. I said, "Blah." <laughs> <laughs> Hail Zenu. Oh my God! Kill, kill me now. Uh, uh, I'm tired. I had a I had a, a rough weekend of partying a little too much. Oh, did you did you have potty time? Yeah, I had potty time. Party Matt. time. That's what I mean. Was from the East um, Coast. Potty time. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I was super hungover yesterday, and but I ate a bunch of Chinese food, and that that made me feel better. Yeah. But I'm just like, where'd ti- you get it I'm from? I'm just tired. Um, so I was here yesterday, so I just went next door to May May's. Well, that place good. Stuff. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, but yeah, I'm just fucking tired. Hopefully, I can. I've been sick be all week. Here. Oh, I'm why? I'm getting over a cold. Just a cold. Oh, well, I'm glad you're getting over it. So I'm doing great. All, Get over it. That's why you I'm know? all stuffed. If I sound all stuffy, that's why. I'm tip top. I've never felt stronger. Good. You have to carry this podcast on your back. Oh, that'd be the first time. We're going to get Jeff Galuli to come here and smack you in the knees. <laughs> Bring him out of retirement. <laughs> come on, Galuli. When's the last time you whacked somebody? You, long, you long-eared Galuli. <laughs> More like Galutli. There we go. Yeah. This is pretty timely the jokes. Do you even do you know who Jeff Galuli is? No idea. He's the guy that. No idea. He's the guy that was married to Tanya Harding and and hired. Oh, okay. The guy to smash. Got it. Nancy Kerrigan's leg. Know that I know all that. I just didn't know. His you know name. who you know who played him on Sebastian on Saturday, Stan on, on Saturday Night Live. Oh, not on Seba- oh, so Sebastian SNL. Stan on SNL. He, he was the kind of guy just to give you an idea of what he looked like. That you're, when is when he became famous, it was like no question who was going to play him on Saturday Night Live. Chris Farley. Yeah. I was like, well, well we no, got Chris played, Farley. Wait, but no, Sebastian Stan. No, no, no. Chris him? Farley played the guy, the bodyguard guy who actually did the swinging. Oh, is that not Galuli? That's not Galuli. Well, do we know what, this guy, what that guy's name is? 
Uh, I forget what that guy's name is. The guy who played Galuli in I, Tanya, the Margot Rose yeah. movie, is Sebastian Stan. Galuli, oh, like, not man. a great-looking guy, but significantly, you know, <laughs> more svelte than, say, I was going to say, wait, Sebastian Stan and Chris Farley played the same character? Interesting <laughs> choice. Yeah, I, I, mean, could, I think he had a funny name, too, the guy who did the actual I don't remember. Oh, man, what a time. What a time. Anyhow, speaking of... <sighs> what a time. Speaking of partners in crime... Speaking of... Uh, Conspiratorial operations? Sure. Yeah. I guess. Pe- people just not wanting to. I don't so, okay. People getting in a little over their heads. We wanted to do, I wanted this to do is not what they signed up for. Three sort of buddy spy uh, entries. We're going to put the vote for the title to you, the people, the people, uh, in a moment here. So check it out, check it out on Twitter. Well, by the uh, time you listen to this, X, it'll already have been decided. X going to give it to you. What? Go give it to you. But you to, know, give you a, to give you a taste, we have the, the options are... Well, in, in first our movies. Oh, right. Our movies, What do you know the years? Yes. yes. I don't know the years. Uh, it was 2002, mm-hmm. Bad Company. Second movie we've done called Bad Company about spies. <laughs> uh, 2008, yes. Body of Lies. Uh, and 2000, I believe, 12's yes. Safe House. Safaus. Safaus. And we have vo- multiple options for titles on this one. So we've got CIA AOK. Oh, I'm, I can. The, the other ones are so much better. We can totally. We're gonna toss that, that one. one. I, okay. Just for just to avoid for simplicity's sake. Yeah, and to avoid anybody being like a troll about it. And go, gotcha. Because gotcha. we've got much okay, better. Okay, so titles. spike that one. So then there's the board identity. That's, that's uh, good. very solid, but it gets better maybe. Call my agent. That's, yeah, a, that's good. That's good. I really like that it's one. Good. That's a suggestion by our good buddy Will Goss. And then I think the favorite from us currently is Tinker Tailor Soldier Y. <laughs> but we're going to put that to I'll a laugh vote. laugh it again. So it's going to be one of those three by the time you listen to this. We don't know what yet. I really hope it's Tinker Tailor Soldier Y, though. Come on, guys. Do the right thing. That, that made me laugh Do again. Do the right thing also would be a good title. Do the right thing? No. <laughs> that one's taken. That'd be very confusing. <laughs> so why? Yeah, so there there's bunny spy movies and uh they're all three just forgettably <laughs> boring and it just I think one of them is rememberably boring. No, honestly, they all run into each other. They have the most generic names in the entire world. I literally had to like reference our, our text thread multiple times to remember what these I movies mean, were you, called. You had to and remember still, what they were called on the drive here yeah, half an I, hour ago. And I still, I still, they all, if you were like, if you gave me a title of one of them and I didn't have my notes in front of me, I wouldn't know which one it referred to. Oh, that, there's, yeah. so, there's such generic titles. And I watched them in reverse crony words. Crony Ords, we're breaking that one open right now, people. Crony Ords. Crony Ords. One Hundo P on Crony Ords. But yeah, I did one Hundo P on reverse Crony Ords. Uh, so. I watched does them. sound like a cool skateboard move. Yeah. I did watch them in Crony Ords. Yeah. I usually watch them in Crony Ords, but I don't know why. I think I was looking at maybe they're all long ones too, but I think I was like, okay, this one's like one minute <laughs> shorter than the other. I'm gonna start with that. Or, I don't know. They're all uh, almost two hours, but not quite. In that terrible, like, 118-minute realm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, and one of them in particular is, well, okay, so my favorite of the three, and we're, we're going to start with it. I can't believe I'm saying this, but my favorite <laughs> of the three is Body of Lies. Like, well, I, yeah, I mean, it's the easily the best. Yeah. It's but uh, but like the, the but body bad company is like notably bad. All three of these two-hour movies felt like they took no, an entire. Day I think to watch. my favorite is Safe House. Okay, you so know, each so we each got a fight. There's some good hand-to-hand like fighting in Safe House. I yeah. really like the fight choreography at the end. I dispute. I dispute you. That's fine. We can fight. <laughs> Let's fight. Boarding. Boarding day is what is what Boarding I'm calling day. that. Well, like training day. Boarding so. period. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know? But it's just like You know, like when day. someone dies. It's like training day meets the born identity. Yeah. And I think that, I'm, I'm all sure that I was think that pitch. was the pitch, yeah. But I don't know what the fucking pitch for bad company is that we're going to start with. <laughs> And I sure as sh- I sure as shit hope it wasn't like we've got to get Anthony Hopkins and Chris Rock together into a movie. This feels like this feels like a script that had probably been sitting around for a while. They've been working on it, maybe trying to get it made. This feels like it absolutely must have hit Tony Scott's desk at some point. <laughs> and he was like, No. Big time tickets. Yeah, I can get you tickets. Yeah, here at halftime, Shaq and Kobe are gonna fight a three-round exhibition. Wait, hold on a second. Alright, check this out. You're going to do this. Then I'm going to do this. And when you're thinking about doing this, I'm going to do this. So why don't you just give me $20 and save yourself 20 minutes? Pause. Pause. Doesn't all this smack of extreme desperation. We have nine days to make this work. Which brings us back to Operation Grasping at Stores. Jacob Hayes, I'm Officer Oaks. Well, CIA for scalping tickets. We need your help, Mr. Hayes. Just before he was killed, a brother was working on something with us. My twin brother was CIA? Yeah, he was. So we need you to stand in for him. How much? Throw out a number. $50,000. Tax-free. $25,000. Unless my mother had triplets, you're going to give me $50,000. Rise and shine, Mr. Hayes. How about three more hours of sleep? How about a nice shower? This is your brother's file. Served in the Naval Academy. That's right. So what did he serve? Lunch? I've already made this movie 14 times. I'm not doing it again. And they're like, but Tony, here's a big dump truck full of money. He's like, I have cigars to smoke. Yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, and, and, on smoking some cigars. And like, they probably were like, well, then, uh, you know, Bad Boys came out and that made a bunch of money. And let's, let's Bad Boys this about 80%. So let's get some funny stuff in here. And it just, it's like, and it's a Simpson Bruckheimer, Bruckheimer production. And so it's just as like the most generic version of that. Like, it's, it feels like totally machine, like AI generated. Oh, yeah. All of the jokes, it's like there was a list of jokes that they handed Chris Rock or Chris Rock made. I don't really I think know anything like about they, Chris Rock. And then they were Chris like, Rock. and then they were like, put these in. They're yeah. like, these are Chris Rock <clears throat> jokes. Now you put these in wherever you want. They, it doesn't yeah. have to do with anything. It totally feels like we have Chris Rock. Kind of, tell him to do some shtick in the movie, and then we'll just film it, I guess. <laughs> and is directed by the great Joel Schumacher. <clears throat> and That's also another like, doing made. yeoman's work yeah. here, truly. The, the weirdest pairing of all time with Anthony Hopkins and Chris Rock. And to I get think together at last on screen. We've all, we all have been waiting <laughs> to see a partnership. I think it's funny, too, that Chris Rock is in this movie doing Chris like a, a character from a Chris Rock bit. Basically, yeah. and he's partnered with Anthony Hopkins, and Anthony Hopkins is funnier. Not <laughs> yeah. doing it, not doing don't, anything. Like not doing anything. Don't worry though, because Chris Rock gets Anthony Hopkins to say "Get in the car, bitch" twice. It's, yes, it's, it's very. It's, it's funny. You get it, you guys. It's funny because he's like old and like he's British, and he's like oh, he's, get in he's the not car, like bitch. Yeah, it's noteworthy to me. Uh, so this movie is noteworthy to me for for two big big reasons. These are this is why like I kind of like this movie. It's ironic, a hundred percent. This is a fucking terrible movie, mm. but like a movie that gets so much wrong that at a certain point I'm kind of like, this is fascinating. Right. I can't fucking believe what I'm watching. Um, and like the note, noteworthy thing number one is I defy you to, to like Chris Rock after seeing this movie. Right. Chris Rock is terrible in it, and then but it's all like very much his sort of deal too, and it's so grating. By the end of it, you're like, shut up, Chris Rock. 
Shut mm. up. God. I'm so I beg sick you. of you, yeah, Chris Rock. Yeah, I was rolling my eyes the whole time. According Shut to Wikipedia, up. it was uh, the last major production of film inside the World Trade Centers. Apparently in the subway. Oh, great. Uh, and then the, the other thing that I that I think is really interesting is that Anthony Hopkins is so checked out in this. It might be the most checked out performance in the history of film. I do love uh, Anthony Hopkins in like a, like a bomber jacket and a baseball cap, though. Yeah. He's, like, he's a cute old guy. <laughs> he, is, he can barely muster to speak above a whisper a lot of the time. Like, I think you, you notice... His eyes are a thousand miles away. <laughs> I will say, at least, he is fairly consistent with it, so it might be some sort of weird caricature choice. Character choice yeah, spit it out. Jesus um, but like from the very onset there's the part uh, at the beginning and this is where like it kind of confused me because I thought it was going to be an in media res thing at mm -hmm. the very beginning where mm -hmm. Anthony Hopkins is already like doing spy shit with Chris Rock yeah they're already like a team so I was like alright so then we're going to like with some oh, action's going to happen like here and then it's going to go like and then three weeks earlier before they were uh, but that's not what's happening no he. this is happening you know this is all linear. Yeah. This is the beginning of the movie. Sick. And and Anthony Hopkins is partners with Chris Rock, who's a different guy from the other. It's his yeah. twin brother. His twin brother. It's that Dude, kind of thing. Having a mysterious twin brother you never knew about that's in the CIA. <laughs> it's so goofy. It's the plot of Disney's Double Agent <laughs> yeah, from the wonderful world of Disney that I used to watch. I like how time. there's no point in this movie where like Chris Rock, you know, like he talks to his mom, and it's his mom is Irma P. Hall for Christ's sake. Wow. And he's like, Mom, did you know that I had a twin brother? And she's like, yeah, sorry. And he's like, but you're, my twin brother is like, he was the good one. And she's like, I know. <laughs> well, isn't that his foster mom? Basically, yes. Ooh. Didn't like that. Doesn't like hearing about foster parents. Yeah. Hey, boo. Lily, it reminds her. Oh, it oh, reminds yeah, her when she was right. in the, the foster. His wounds are still fresh. Don't worry, you're not a foster child anymore. Getting out my dart gun right now. Your well, hackles he's are loading raised. it. I'm loading it around. A row, row. A row, row. But anyways, um, yes. So yeah, they're, super they're, goofy they're, they're, paired, they're paired up, <laughs> and then they get into they're having a, a deal. Is this Peter Stormare? Yeah, Peter Stormare. Peter Stormare is, um, they're having a meeting with him, and they're, like, doing some spy-type bull crap. And Chris Rock's just sort of like, hi, I'm, I'm Chris Rock, and I've, I seem competent. I'm not being very funny. And you're like, all right. I'm sure we'll have an explanation for that at some point. And then, uh, and then they get in a firefight, and Chris Rock dives in front of Anthony Hopkins and they, before they can get into the car. And mm -hmm. so they're driving away. They're both in the car together. And Anthony Hopkins goes, oh, hey, that was close. <laughs> <laughs> That was fun. They were in a firefight. Dutch, Dutch die and make bullets. That was very close. That was too close. Yeah, he n never seems very flustered, <laughs> which I guess is good if you're an agent, you know. But it's there's that thin line between like whether you're the, the character that you're us saying yeah. is uh, unflappable or whether you, the actor, just appear to not want to be there. <laughs> and it is firmly on the other side of that yeah. fence throughout yes. this whole movie. Too much he he, he, se he seems like he's weakened by his um, dis disdain for this project. <laughs> and and I was talking to Corey about it, and Corey had like an interesting theory. Like, what if you're Anthony Hopkins, and then you just have to like act opposite of Chris Rock for like like a couple months? Like, he's like a Shakespearean actor kind of guy, and now he's got like Chris Rock doing Tiger Woods jokes at him, <laughs> and then it's like action, Anthony. Do <sighs> you ever hear? Uh, do you ever see that? Have we ever told you about the uh, the Ben Stiller Gene Hackman interaction about the Poseidon Adventure? Yes. Have I told you about this? No, one? wait. Do they not like each other? No, no. It has nothing to do with that. It's just like Ben Stiller. You know, he he did an interview once, and he was like, 
I love the Poseidon Adventure growing up. It was one of my favorite movies. It made me want to make movies. And then he's working on Royal Tenenbaums with Gene Hackman. And Gene Hackman famously in the Poseidon Adventure. And he goes up to Gene Hackman. He's like, Gene, you know, it's like so great to finally work with you. And I love the Poseidon Adventure. It's one of my favorite movies. It made me want to make movies, et cetera, and so forth. And Gene Hackman just goes, yeah, money job. <laughs> Gene. <laughs> and of course, my, my like the famously cantankerous Gene Hackman. So, yes. I Again, my favorite, my favorite part of that story is Poseidon Adventure made you want to make movies? Well, I mean, when you're a little I kid, th- I you feel know. Like it, yeah. <laughs> like for me, it was Terminator 2. <laughs> That's a much better movie. Well, but but comparably on a long enough timeline here, you know, I you could see that so. that would be a big deal to like a kid who was eight when it came out. Yeah. Oh, for sure. If you know, if you know, Hackman also Ben too, Stiller's a little dork. Yeah. yeah, that's very dorky. Yeah, fuck him. <laughs> fuck Ben Stiller. <laughs> we should do the Meet the Parents movies. We should not. <laughs> Meet the parents. Those movies. It's it's weird. Those movies. Like if they're ever on, I will. I will, I will turn down, them off. I will sit down and watch the whole thing. Wow. So I think I've accidentally <laughs> seen Meet the Parents and the sequels like fifteen times. That's that's awful for you. I feel bad. I think for at you. one point I was like, I guess I like these movies. Oh. <laughs> I want you to wear those speedos, Fokker. You know what I say to that? I say this. I say not good for her. <laughs> oh, not good for. I think Never. we should have watched uh, Agent Cody Banks with these movies. Oh, God. <laughs> By the way, we could do we could do some like teen some teen, teen thriller CIA? movies. Yeah, like if looks could kill, never too young to die. What else? There's got to be another There's one. There's got to be a thirty. I, a- Agent Cody Banks. Yeah. <laughs> a gut-wrenching thriller for sure. Well, I was just thinking Ner- of it's how more good- of a nerve I mean, to bring it back to Bad Company, I was just thinking how goofy of a like. Oh wait, I have a twin brother, and he's in the CIA. Like, and you were saying like, yeah, it's like a fucking Disney movie, and yeah, I was like, oh is. wait, there is that Disney CIA movie, Secret Agent Cody Banks. Could do Alex, Alex, whatever, Storm, Stormbreaker, or whatever it's called, sure. Stormbringer, hundred percent, Hundo P. Dopey, uh, <laughs> but in, but anyways, like after he goes, God, that was close. I'm very very excited. This has all been <laughs> very thrilling. Uh, he finds, turns out that Chris Rock has been shot and he dies. Yes, and that's where we find out like what the actual plot of this movie is, and it's not it's not um, end media res type no. of thing. It is the twin thing. Here's so, what I love about this setup, because this is like we were saying. There's been the twin brother. Like, this has happened in other movies and stuff. But I really liked it when this, when it happened in this one because they're like, okay, we've only got like four days before the deal goes down, yeah. and our main guy, our undercover guy, he's dead. So we got to figure out what we're gonna do next. And they're like, well, it turns out he's got a twin brother. And at no point is everybody like, whoo, phew, man, that is a fucking lucky ass. Yeah, break. everyone's he's like, got yeah, a so twin? He's a twin. He's brother. got an exact identical twin an identical brother. Identical twin. He, instead, what happens is they're like, well, this is never gonna work. Fuck it. Let's do it anyway. Who cares? Instead, instead of anybody going like, "Wow, man, this is—I mean, we, we nope, better yeah, pull this no off." No one wants to acknowledge the coincidence or the goofiest, the goofiness of of this shit. They're all just moving forward. With and it. I also love it. This happens whenever like a layperson needs to be trained to do a specialist's work, like in Armageddon or something like that. There's the scene where like the, the they're bringing they're bringing the guy in to train him how to be a spy or an astronaut or whatever the fuck he's got to do, and the real guys are like this Joker. Mm-hmm. He's never going to be able to pull it off. He's listening to rap. Yeah, he's listening to the rapping, the rapping music. What is this? It's awful. Oh yeah, yeah it's Anthony Hopkins famously hates rap in this. In contrast to the scene in to the scene in Transformers Five, where his robot butler is driving a Ferrari and, and singing "Move, bitch, get out of the way." 
What a career. <laughs> he loves it when Cockman raps, but not as much as when Chris Rock. He doesn't like it when Chris Rock raps. So it turns what a fascinating out career. Chris Rock's, uh, <laughs> he lives in New Jersey. And he is he's he, a ticket scalper. He's a ticket scalper, and he also plays and chess. And a professional chess player. And he's just kind of hustling, and his name is Kevin. Jake Rays. Oh. And his mysterious uh, dead CIA brother's name is Kevin. Yeah. But he Kevin was undercover as Michael. Right. Right. Uh. <laughs> Do you remember at the beginning of this where he's like keeps getting phone calls about tickets that he's going to sell you and he's like I can get you anything you want I can get you anything you want no I can't get you that <laughs> and he does that like four times it's incredible Stupid. it's like truly shocking how unfunny this movie is <laughs> yeah. I think Joel Schumacher um, maybe after Batman and Robin or something like that sort of did a like I'm not going to go over budget on a movie ever again Right. I can't afford to do that. I'm going to be like a workman. And so he's doing one takes only. And I think Chris Rock is going like, so we're going to, do I get another shot at that? And no. he's like, no, we're moving on. And Chris Rock, oh, oh no. Uh, oh, shit. Because that thing that I said was absolutely not, barely even a joke. Yeah, it's pretty rough. He's like, come on, Chris, you're funny. You got one take, riff something, and then he can't do Say it. Say something about, I don't know. But there's a but there's a part that really that really demonstrates just how inert this movie is in in every conceivable way when Chris Rock is on the train with his girlfriend mm-hmm. and and she's like I need to tell you something Chris and the, this is you got to keep it bear in mind this is a joke this is intended to be a joke yes um, he goes I got to tell you something Chris and he goes you're pregnant wow I noticed that you've gained some weight so you're pregnant hey and the everybody mood swings, yeah. yeah and then mood swings too and and then she's like no I'm not pregnant no I'm not and he's like hey everybody on the train on the train she's pregnant we're gonna have a baby and then she goes no I'm not pregnant I, I wanted to say something else to you I'm breaking up with you or yeah, whatever. yeah and he's like, she's huh? like I'm I'm going to move to Seattle yeah, she's moving Where we to are. Seattle. and it's just like it's like a whole gag that you, that barely even registers as a joke. And uh, and it takes up a lot of space in the movie. Yeah, this movie That's really the made whole me not way through. like Chris Rock at all. Yeah. All of his shtick in this is bad. Also, we failed stupid, to mention the that stupid fucking faces he makes too. We also failed to mention that Anthony Hopkins' name is Gaylord Oaks. Oh wow! Does anyone ever say that? I don't believe it's pointed out. Seattle, like the super Seattle supersonic Seattle. Do you remember yeah. like all of yeah, all one. of his bad shtick? Like, what's the thing where he's like? Uh, Doing his doing Chris he's doing Chris Rock he's doing stand up and he's like if you told a woman that her husband was was sleeping with Saddam Hussein she'd find Saddam Hussein by the end of the day yes and yeah. it's like what the fuck are you talking <laughs> about dude because there because I I don't think he's necessary he's known as a craftsman as a comedian he writes he he writes these jokes he's not like a riffer mm. kind of guy and I think that they're going like we got Chris Rock come on Chris say something funny Do and he's a like Chris that's Rock not really thing. that's not really how I work action. <laughs> And then he's like, yeah, uh-huh, so, we, so we get uh, shit like, I wish for naked Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. yeah, or anything just Tiger Woods. That's Tiger Woods is always a joke. Yeah. Well, what do you think you're Tiger Woods? Uh, Tiger Woods. He'll just say Tiger Woods. Like, so I don't good. think it counts as a joke to just say Tiger Woods. Uh, that's, so, that's the whole movie. Yeah. So his girlfriend is like, I gotta go. We're not, you know, you're not making enough money. We can't get, you know, we're not getting married. Like, nothing's moving forward. I'm actually gonna go to Seattle. My ex-boyfriend's gonna get me a job. So he's all sad, and he, he goes to this club and starts DJing sad songs. <laughs> yes, he DJs. What is the song? 
Oh, it's, uh, it's all, I'm all out of love. All I'm all out of love. Yeah. love. And, and everyone, then everybody's and like, like, hey, get him out of here. Isn't, isn't, there, isn't there like an R&B cover of that movie over the end credits of this? Uh, or something? Pro- I think it's just another St. Lunatics song at the end. Okay. This movie has three songs by the St. Lunatics. Uh, <laughs> My favorite so band. Everybody's, everybody's favorite. Um, but during this, this is this is where it's like Matt uh, made uh, the comparison to a Michael Bay. Uh, mm-hmm. It has a Michael Bay attitude. It does. Joel Schumacher is not even coming close to approximating no, certain Michael not. Bay's style. No, no, no. That he just doesn't have the energy for that sort of thing. Not in this. Um, but this will give you an idea. It's the it's the humor, like the the kind of like combination of excitement and comedy that it's going for. Um, and so he starts playing them all out of love. You know, everybody wants to dance to the St. Lunatics Except at this club. For, and then it cuts to like a white lady going like, yeah, yeah. I like it actually. And that's supposed, yeah. to, be, that's supposed to get us fucking <laughs> laughing. We're supposed to be giggling. Yes. And so, perfect coincidence that not only does the dead CIA agent have a a twin brother who they can get to take his place, he just got dumped. And so he's, he's free to be doing something to get more money. And his girlfriend, and they dropped that subplot immediately. Like mm. his girlfriend, like later on in the movie, is like, "So when are you coming back to me?" Or like she doesn't, and they're like, well, "Didn't she dump him at the beginning?" Right. It's kind of weird. Well, he kept leaving messages, being like, "I got a new job, but you know, like, wait for me, wait for me, wait for me." And I think she kind of just guess, realized that she that wants worked. to yeah. be with him. Weird for some fucking reason. Because <laughs> Jesus Christ, would I not date this guy ever? He's not very appealing. No. Uh, Imagine uh, having to listen to all of those fucking jokes Tiger all Woods, the Tiger time. Woods. Dude, some of the jokes though are like, "This is, this is somebody Serbian or something." Like he's up to his neck in prostitution, arms dealing, and he's like, "Sounds like everybody I went to high school with." And yeah. Like, ah. Or when that when the the lady who used to date his twin brother was there, and he's he's just like, "Don't cheat, don't cheat, don't cheat," and it, we're supposed to be like, "Oh, it's funny because she's hot, so he's gonna like cheat on his girlfriend, oh. <laughs> but then he won't. But she's so hot, so maybe he will." Or the thing at the end where he's like, oh, my God. He keeps uh, So he keeps doing this particular setup line where he's like, I don't care if it's Tiger Woods, blah, 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 that kind of thing. It's like, like at the end of the movie when Anthony Hopkins oh, yeah. shows up at his wedding and he's like, you're here at my wedding. Can I get a piece of cake? And he's like, the guy we want you to track down is the world's greatest assassin. He's like, I don't care if he's Carlos Santana, oh, yeah. the world's greatest guitarist. And you're like, what, what the, the fuck? What are you talking about, dude? <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? There's a lot of jokes where you're like, that doesn't make sense. Shut what up. You what do you mean? You are ruining the integrity <laughs> of the product here. Yeah. <laughs> watching this movie, just like <laughs> me watching this movie, like laying on the couch with just like an actual frown on my face the entire <laughs> like time. A full like frown. a literal like cartoon upside it's yeah. an upside down smile uh, because this movie was not funny like it, it takes more muscles my, to frown my, and, and you're using them yeah. you're, you're like i'm gonna do it anyway my eyes are just glazed over <laughs> man just there, brutal here's a good a, a good example of the kind of the, the kind of just like nonsensical joke that's in this there's a part when he's like um he's kind of like f- early on getting into being a super spy sort of stuff. You know what that, what that this what happens mm-hmm, in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's introduced to like a, a, a lady who's supposed to have been his brother, his twin brother's like friend. And she's like a rich lady. And then she's showing him around her house and she's got this vase and he picks up a va- picks up the vase and he's like, oh, nice vase. And she goes, oh yeah, I, c- I paid $150,000 for that. And he goes, $150,000? What are you putting in this, cocaine? Mm-hmm. Which like, doesn't even what? make sense. <laughs> 
Because are you saying because it is a super expensive vase, you need to put super expensive drugs inside of the vase? Yeah. It would make it would be weird, but it would the only way it could make sense is you go, what is it made out of? Cocaine? Made out? Yeah. Is it made out of cocaine? What do you put in this cocaine? She's like, no, like flowers and shit. What the fuck are you talking about? You ding dong. But it's full of stuff like that where I swear to God, Joel Schumacher's like, Chris, say something funny. And he's like, what? And then he goes, action. He's like, ah, ah, ah. And And then he says that. And then he goes, we got it. And then he's like, do we do? And so his dead dead CIA brother. My family was so poor we used to lick stamps for dinner is another one that he's got. Oh, my God. Yeah, so his his dead CIA brother was, uh, his like cover was this guy named Michael who is a famous and fancy, a famous and fancy antique dealer. Mm-hmm. And he's totally opposite of Chris Rock. He likes classical music. He is uh, f- just, he dresses well and is rich. Yeah. There's a whole thing where they have to <laughs> teach him how to appreciate wine and oh. stuff like that. It's oh, yeah. There's, lo- there's lots of like old wine and, and uh, scotch in this. Because of the because of the way that this his movie Maybe is like hastily edited and stuff like that, they they do the sequence where it's like now he's being taught in the ways of, but it, for some reason it comes across way more as like that scene in Dirty Rotten Scoundrels where he's teaching him how to be a gentleman. <laughs> it's like now nah, here's how you arrange flowers, like that sort of thing, and and this one a lot of it like a, a, the bulk of his spy training is just like learning how to like it's like Princess Diaries co- shit. Yeah, it's like learning how to appreciate <laughs> cognac. Pinky's, Pinky's Chris Rock. And and so like after a couple days, like when he first gives him a sip of uh, cognac, he's like, mm, "This doesn't taste as good as uh, Tiger Woods." Wait, can I get another? No, oh yeah, shit. Yeah. Um, but but by the end, like two he days later, it. he sips he sips a, a cognac and goes dry, but never precocious. And they're like, "He's there, dude, kill me." You know, that that reminded me of that bit on Thirty Rock where they're like, "This is just like Black Fraser." And, and it just cuts to Black Fraser, and it's the dad, and he's like, "That's not the only thing around here that's fruity and precocious." <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> that was terrible shit. Uh, um, oh, at one point, times. I believe he says that CIA stands for crackers in my ass. What's that stand for? So, crackers in my ass. So that's that I, was. Super I hope he's funny. referring to, to crackers meaning white people. As opposed to, no, just saltines. Just like saltines. <laughs> Good luck getting crackers in your ass. That seems that seems difficult. What? That seems like a difficult proposition. Or at least uncomfortable. Oh, I want to point out that John Slattery is in this as, as one of the CIA bosses. John Slattery, Shea Wiggum, Shea Wiggum, baby Shea Wiggum, Shea and, Butter. Um, uh, had, um, I forget the actress's name, but. Officer Swan, the one that the woman that they keep saying is Anthony Hopkins' girlfriend oh, for no reason at all. That's, that's uh, so anno- that's annoyed me so much. That's uh, the lady in the pit. She's from the Silence lady of the, in the well. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. She's in a lot of pain, Mister. That lady. She's awesome. Ted Levine's girlfriend at the and, time. And they and they're hinting like, thank God they only hint, but that they have they, they have like but a they're relationship. Not even, they're not even like hinting other than Chris Rock hinting. Yeah, Chris likes. Well, when are you gonna go fuck that lady? And it's like Anthony Hopkins is seventy and looks, she keeps looks whenever 90. that happens. She looks at, at Chris Rock and is like, I know, right? <laughs> I'm just but waiting it, for but this. But to the audience, old... there's not like they ever are like flirting. We never get any no. of that. It's, it's crazy so enough. It's crazy enough that Anthony Hopkins is still in the field. He's very old and old looking and old feeling. He seems he, he seems tired. And yet he like hangs out of the side of a car and like punches a dude into He's off a bridge action. or whatever the fuck. I can't believe that when Chris Rock doesn't like when he keeps insinuating that they're lovers that he doesn't say like knocking boots or making bacon or something like that because it's that kind of humor. It's like is that bacon. level yeah. of Movie you're talking the horizontal about mumbo. Yeah, exactly. That's gonna have to do it. That's gonna have to do for a joke. We got to finish this thing up. We got to be under budget. Speaking of finishing things up, 
So he get, he's doing his like makeover slash training, and they they are waking him up every morning at five a.m. with a big old bucket it of water. Five in the morning now. And uh, so then he just like these half-hearted attempts at making it, at having it do that buddy traje- trajectory where it's like we don't like each other at first, and then we respect do, each other. I guess by the end, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Eventually, there's, there's just a, these tiny a little sort of feints a half at doing an that. action scene at the end. They tell him he has to like learn how to speak like Czech. Yeah, they go to Prague. They spend a lot of this a uh, lot of this movie in Prague, and a here, lovely city. Here, oh we yeah we've been gorgeous. Here, here honestly, and Matt mm-hmm. and I and Kevin and I were in Prague together for like a week. Wow. Uh, and so I immediately recognized it. And so Chris Rock comes into Prague. <laughs> and they're like, welcome to Prague, Chris. And he goes, looks like Newark. No, it doesn't. Like, absolutely does not. Does not. Let it all look, not like, look like, Newark. like Newark. It does not. All those, all those, ca- all those castles in Newark. <laughs> it looks yeah. the all those, like, all those the gond- like the gondolas and gorgeous like yeah, yeah. winding streams in, in, the New- in Newark. The gondolas of the East River. Yes. Incredible. But it's just like a thing that they were like, action. He's like, oh, fuck. I got to say something. Like, no, it doesn't. What? <laughs> keep it in. It's, you were, we're I guess not, keep it in. We're not losing any of them. It's mm. all good. So he goes. Yeah, and it's just like spy shit. Like I, I couldn't tell you like what the nitty gritty of the plot is. They're gonna, they're gonna go yeah. do well, somebody's, some spy shit. Somebody's trying to smuggle a nuclear bomb into it's the United States. They're bomb. going to blow up Manhattan, which <laughs> is why they also had to postpone putting this movie out in 2001 2002 there's also a stupid line where it's like they're explaining like it's a it's a small nuclear device how do you think how do you think they got it into the country and and anthony hopkins says you'd be surprised by what you can ship through air freight and i'm like i don't think i would (laughs) it's just a thing to say i don't think you can just ship one yeah <laughs> you really—it's a nuclear device. Yeah, and it looks yeah. like a bomb. Right, <laughs> it yeah. looks straight up like it actually, it's a suitcase that you open, and it is a bomb. Clearly, it actually is just a big black orb with a string coming out <laughs> yeah, on the top, yeah. except it's got a nuclear symbol on it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, just, and so they got to go to Europe because you go to Europe to do spy stuff, and then they do some spy stuff to get like the bomb back, and and it's a and it's a kind of Pygmalion sort of thing with with spy shit, except it's completely inert. Every once in a while, an obligatory action scene will happen. There's the chase scene, and this is this is the part where it's really funny because Anthony Hopkins is doing the yeoman's work of the action stuff because mm-hmm. Chris Rock's got to be there going like, ah, ah, McLean, <laughs> oh, slow no, down, McLean, let me drive. <laughs> uh, he's just got to scream and, and like, and this is the, this is some of the parts of the movie where you're like, get me, just I hate Chris Rock so much because he's just anyone screaming else. nonsense. I, yeah, over honestly, and I'm glad over we're getting this over. one out of the way at the top because I I don't know if I could. <laughs> I don't know if I had of it in mm. me to do it at the end. <laughs> he he makes he, he stares right at the barrel of the camera at one point. Do you remember that? Uh, when there's like a hot lady in in his uh, apartment, and it's like because of spy stuff. Well, it's and his, then he like looks right twi- at the camera. It's his twin brother's oh, God. Uh, ex-girlfriend. Yeah, ex-girlfriend. let's talk about this scene. He's in he's in his hotel, and they have surveillance on the hotel as well. Anthony Hopkins next door, and and he walks in, and there's jazz playing, and there's women's underwear everywhere, and then he walks, and it's there's everywhere. a naked. It's just fucking. There's it's there's so many pairs, um, and there's <laughs> naked girls festooned? in the shower. <laughs> naked girl in the shower, and it's not his girlfriend from New Jersey. Uh, let's just no, say it's, that it's Garcelle Beauvais, isn't it? Probably. I don't know who she is? Okay. <laughs> it's probably Garcelle Beauvais. Is my probably. Guess. Maybe it's I don't know. Anyway. And it, it's it sucks because she's so hot, but he can't cheat on his girlfriend. But he, like, wants he wants to. I like to when so they bad. they go to they go to dinner. 
And like they, she's like, so you know, tell me what's going on in your life. And he's trying to pretend to be the dude and be like classy. Yeah. But he starts talking about you know his actual personal life, but on these like classy terms. And the the woman is like, okay, I see what's going on here. You're you're trying to get me to come back by making me jealous about because he starts talking oh, about his, his actual girlfriend. girlfriend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and she's like, and then that's when she decides to like seduce him even more oh, hardcore. Yeah, we get we get the classic movie uh, foot job at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Foot job at a restaurant, uh, which is something the that happens in so many movies for some reason. One of the weirdest movie cliches. Have you ever of done that? I've Nobody's never, ever done that. I have to me. never given or thought about even giving a foot job at a restaurant. I'm trying to eat. Yeah. Also, like, <laughs> like am I just going to be, jobs. like, pushing my foot into your crotch? Yeah, that doesn't seem fun. And the, the but table? the guy's always like, oh. Oh, yeah. And Chris, oh. Rock, Chris Rock's making the dumbest fucking faces oh. here. I wanted to punch him. He's really mugging. I also He's, like, like the... sucking on his lip and shit. When the, yeah. the waiter brings him this, like, beautifully plated meal and it's, like, a fish dinner or something. You know, yeah. I don't know what it is. And he's like, I can't eat this. Bring me a steak. Yeah. He's like, a regular oh. guy. He's a regular guy. All right. Yeah. He's no. This is where he actually launches into a. Uh, they go. They go like, sir, you're not gonna eat a steak. You're a vegetarian or whatever. And he goes, vegetarian. I'll eat a pig's ass if they cook it right. Which mm. is like a line directly uh, from Chris Rock's stand-up. Like, which is like, if you can have that line in, why not just adapt? To, just use lines from all of his stand-up instead of making him riff stuff. Yeah. Just let him use stuff that he's already yeah, said Yeah, at least Lethal Weapon 4 had the kindness to just, like, let him do his act. <laughs> do a pre-prepared bit, like, right in the middle of the movie. We can stop the movie, and you can just do this bit about... Man, uh, you guys, this, you, uh, you guys got this really, really great communications equipment. When I was a kid, we had rotary phones. did it did it one did it did it four Oh. This sounds like a stand-up comedy bit. Mm-hmm. That guy's just talking in stand-up There's comedy bit. There's people shooting bullets. This is like when I was growing up in the hood kind of jokes. I mean, like, uh. At least they're, bit, they're fully formed bits, though. Right, that and he performed it, in front of many audiences to great acclaim. <laughs> yes. Richard Donner's like, yeah, go ahead and do the whole bit. And in this one, he's like, say something funny, Chris. Action. <laughs> yeah. And he's Surprise. like, uh, 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 Tiger Woods. Oh, that's good. <laughs> as far as I know, that's funny. Cut. Print. <laughs> oh man! And Anthony Hopkins just loses more and more and more energy. Like oh. he keeps losing weight during you're the keeping, course of the movie. He's like slowly <laughs> wasting away. Life force is being drained. Yeah. I, there, there's also like sorry to skip towards the very end, but on the oh, topic of do it. Anthony Hopkins, just completely like I, I really do think that he was just miserable this whole movie. <laughs> but like, and if they shot it in sequence, the last scene in the entire movie. Anthony Hopkins is like got face. a little bit of his verve ver- yeah, back yeah. because I think it's the last. He's happy that it's done, and yeah. he 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 like animates and smiles a couple times. He's not he's not changed his facial expression the entire movie up until now, and then he's like, because <laughs> he's like I mean, he like razzes him a little leave. bit. Yeah, at the wedding. What or if Chris Rock is like? Uh, in I uh, like IRL like a Colin Robinson energy vampire from what we do in the shadows. Sh- he might That's be. What it seems like like his whole his whole thing in this particular movie is just like I'm draining it's everybody just, here, where you including the audience. It does feel that That's way. What it felt like for sure. And I have really enjoyed Chris Rock's work before. Usually as a stand-up, not Absolutely. so much as an actor. Yeah. So they're but, trying uh, to get this fucking bomb. And then and lo and behold, uh, they do. I mean, there's really nothing it, to it. Yeah, they. <laughs> Do they do? They do. There's a big car chase. Well, yeah, they do. There's and a this, big car chase, like in a field. In a field, and there's a couple. There's like, do you remember this though? There's like a shot. Uh, this is the one. There's like, and it's literally just a shot 
and it's the only part of the movie that is remotely good. There's like good. a pretty good car pull. Yeah, there's a great shot of someone's head like dangling down as they're sp- speeding along in the grass, and yeah. the grass is whizzing by, and there's a c- car behind him, and you're like, whoa, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. It is three, maybe three seconds max. Yeah, there's maybe 20, uh, 20 seconds in this action sequence <laughs> and, that's good. It's the it only really exciting st- part of the whole movie. It really stands out, man, because yep. <laughs> you're like, oh, shit, something good? Brutal, that's brutal That's crazy, shit. man. Uh, but yeah, and, and and then since Chris Rocks is in the um, is in the comedy like I'm afraid position, Anthony Hopkins is doing the action, and so he's the one, the 78 year old man, just like popping out of the window and punching people and stuff, yeah, and seeming tired while doing it. Uh, hold on a sec, let me punch this guy. I've got to take this car, Chris Rock. Have at the, have at the. What a thing uh, to happen. Uh, yes, very exciting stuff. I'm thrilled. I can't keep up this energy all day. <laughs> or at all. <laughs> or at all. Um, there's a part in it where uh, Chris Rock, you know this kind of shit has to happen, where he's like making a deal with the, the bomb people. It's mm. they're, they're, they're doing like a bomb deal once again with Peter Stormare in a church, and, uh, and now Chris Rock has to pretend he knows about the bomb stuff. Oh my uh, gosh! Because he's he's playing like an expert who knows about bombs. And he has to stall for time. And he's got to stall for time so they can do some spy shit Ugh. to succeed at whatever their goal is. And he's going like this bomb or this uh, this technology here was designed by Dr. Dre and his affiliates at the Wu Tang Clan. <laughs> and then they developed a technique known as the. See, why is it funnier when you say it, Travis? That's how unfunny this shit is, is that I'm like smiling and laughing more with you saying it yeah. than this movie where it's supposed to be you, can, you, I should not be funnier than Chris Rock. That is a thing that should not, you should not have made those conditions happen, movie bad company. You did oh, a bad man. job. But it's that, kind, it's that kind of shit. This is when he's, uh, it's during the car chase scene, get off. He's talking, like a guy jumps up on the wind, on the window. Get off. Take a bus. Oh, God. Awful. And then he's just randomly, I want to watch Oprah. Oh, God. It's just like shouting celebrity oh. names. It's uh, Yeah, it's cringy. It's annoying. It's eye-rolly. It's embarrassing. Yeah, but uh, at a certain point. But it's a movie. Oh, God. There's a scene kind of in the middle of it, where, and then it's echoed at the very end, and it's the line that we all love so much from the movie. And it's and it really gives you an idea of just the kind of inertness and like and and the fact that they I think they were all just well aware of what they were what the kind of movie that they were making at the time. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody was under any delusion that this we got ourselves a real winner on our hands, people. Right. I'm sure they were just watching the dailies, going fuck. Let's right. Just finish, well, let's finish this up, <laughs> let's guys. Hope, you know, and, sometimes and maybe we'll get a little paycheck. I yeah. don't know. Sometimes bad movies make money in the box. It could happen. Yep. We don't know. Um, but there's a scene where, where like some st- intense stuff has happened, and Chris Rock's like, "What am I even doing here? I don't want to do this anymore. This sucks." And he's like, "I'm gonna leave because I don't have to to do any of this," which totally makes sense. And then Anthony Hopkins comes up to him, <laughs> and you're like, "He's gonna make his pitch. He's gonna make like uh, his pitch to him," and he's like, "I really, uh, I'm, I'm not. I don't have the lines written down. I'm paraphrasing." But he's like, "I really think you, maybe you should think about doing it." And then Maybe he's like, I'll go back. out to the parking lot and count to five, ten. I'll go to the parking lot and count to ten, and in that, I'll, I'll let you go. And, and he's then, like, all right. And he goes out and he counts to ten, then and then he's like, in. comes back and he's like, well, that didn't work. <laughs> and then Chris Rock goes, you could have just said, get in the car, bitch. And he goes, well, how about get in the car, bitch? And the crowd goes fucking wild. <laughs> Audiences that, are just throwing shit, cheering, crying. But it works. That does work because you know why? It had to. It's a movie. <laughs> 
They had, he had to come back Get and the do car, the stuff because bitch. they had to finish the movie. Um, but yeah, that that that's echoed at the end where Chris Rock saves the day. I think that the bad guys like somehow kidnap his girlfriend. Yeah, because they go back to America. There's yeah, they a, find out like because he made one phone call and the phone call was to his girlfriend in New Jersey. So yeah, they yeah. trace that and then they're like, "You have to go back to Jersey in your apartment, wait for instructions." And then that's we got your girlfriend. Blah blah blah. When we find the bomb, you'll find your girlfriend. And then they hide the bomb. They hide the bomb in the lost luggage of Grand Central Station. Yeah, I think. Mm-hmm. they rented out Grand Central Station for this movie. Go for that. With like a whole, they all a whole Grand Central Station full of extras. Yeah, it, that part. This movie I cost liked, a lot I liked, of money. I liked looking at Grand Central Station. Yeah, you know, You're that's like, cool. Well, that's movie shit right yeah, there. They there did we that. Go. I like that. Uh, <laughs> you gotta hand it to them. They they signed the paperwork to make that happen or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, and and um, they need to stop the bomb from going off, and they do. Indeed, they, they do. do it. And Chris Rock saves his girlfriend. There's there's a part where he like once again Anthony Hopkins is trying to like persuade Chris Rock to like get on board with the program, and he's like, "I've made this handy simulation of what it would look like if Newark, New Jersey, was blown up with a nuclear bomb. <laughs> it's just some software that I have on my computer." This is what it would look like. You know what would have been funny is if it cuts, and then it was just like everybody's just having a great parade. Everybody's just like stoked. <laughs> it's that t- Troy McClure where he's yeah. people like uh, yeah. holding hands yeah. and flowers and stuff. Like. It's like double rainbow. Can you imagine what the world would be like if Newark was decimated with a nuclear bomb <laughs> singing in the streets? But yeah, that, I, I thought that was really funny. Come check this out on his laptop. It's just like the Newark. The he didn't Newark do that nuking. because of the bomb, though. He just was like, that's just what he <laughs> does for fun. It's pretty fucking cool, yeah. right? <laughs> He's just skipping around on YouTube. Look at this one. <laughs> wait, wait till social media is invented. This is going to kill. I'm telling you. It culminates in Chris Rock having to uh, disarm the bomb by remembering the codes, which he remembers because he somehow equates them to chess moves and uh, seats at Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So. 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 <laughs> so yeah, they finally they finally do work at the chess move back uh, into the thing that I really thought that that was going to happen more. Uh, yeah, uses chess moves to succeed in uh, disarming the bomb. They win. And then uh, they're at... He, de- he de-arms it with, like, point... 10 seconds left, like not even a full second left. Yeah. yeah, at the last possible moment. But not any kind of like significant, the only way that you can do that is if you do it in a Goldfinger sort of way where it ends with 007 on the thing. You're like, oh! oh or like oh. in like Fallout where he like fades to white and it just seems, you, then you just see that he actually did get the trigger uh, out yeah, in time yeah, and yeah. spits the thing out of his mouth. Yeah. That part's a wrap. Some anyway. sort of like cool little... It's not on cool, top. though. And this it's one, dumb. this is the kind of movie it is where it's just like, ah, he gets a, uh, 10 seconds left. Fine. Who cares? We're trying to finish What do you want? Come on. Let's go. Big and, and then he gets company. a bunch let's of money go. from it because he was promised a bunch of money. He gets even more money because he basically saved New York. He really and, did. And uh, then him and his girlfriend get married and... Uh, and then Anthony Hopkins crashes show, the wedding. Crash, to, well, he doesn't. He was invited, but he just made it seem like he wasn't going to come yeah. because no attachments. And then he shows up, and then he catches the bouquet. Mm, well, and then the and then and then what's her name from <laughs> so Silence of the Lambs is there, and she's like, oh, I sure hope baby. that tired old man hooks up with that young woman. Yeah. <laughs> I hope they we're get all, married. What? We're, we're all rooting for them to get married. I have married. never seen them talk to each other in any sort of uh, way that indicates anything other than a professional relationship. But yeah, I really hope they. There seems to be a real generational divide between the two. I don't know. <laughs> they might not be age appropriate. But I guess that is fun in theory that like Hannibal is uh, 
supposedly has a love interest with a lady from the pit. I guess you might find something worth. But anyways, uh, Anthony Hopkins to show that he's like maybe a little bit of Chris Rock has rubbed off on him because he's fun now. And again, like I'm saying, this is the only scene Get in the, the car, en- bitch. The only scene in the entire oh movie where Anthony Hopkins seems like he wants to be there. He's like, oh, it's the last day. Woo! I'm gonna lose. What if it's? What, wait, wait a second. What if let's let's play with this theory just a little bit longer? Uh-huh. What if this is the first day and he's like, I'm ready to be in this fun movie, and then <laughs> the rest of it is like, oh god damn it. Yeah, he had a few. He, he just, and he was just like listening to Chris Rock scream about Tiger Woods. Well, like, like in this scene is uh, where he does the Carlos Santana line, and it's like maybe that's where he's like, yeah, oh, oh no, that's true. Chris <laughs> Rock really. This like, is what it's gonna be. He yeah. really peels off here because Anthony Hopkins is going like he's he's pulling a little prank on him. He's like, we actually need your help with another mission. Ha ha. Uh, there's some sort of bad stuff that's going down on an island somewhere. And Chris Rock goes, I don't care if it's Temptation Island. Yeah, yeah and it's like, why would you care island? if it was Temptation Island? <laughs> Oof. What That's, do you mean? That is quite the timely reference there, Chris Rock. <laughs> and, what is, and then it, this is what, what Matt brought up, but here's the line. He's like... He's like this. The, we, we have to go, we have to capture the world's matter. most we have to care, capture the world's most foremost assassin. Yeah. And he goes, I don't care if it's Carlos Santana, the world's foremost guitarist. Dude. The world needs the world's most foremost assassin. That's like the Tiger Woods of murder. <laughs> okay. What? <laughs> and then uh, and then he's like and then he just keep, keeps going and going and then he's talking about his marriage and this is actually extremely Chris yeah, Rock. Hopkins is like I'm just trying to make and Chris a joke. Rock, You can see Chris Rock's smile like fading as this, <laughs> it's falling. Anthony Hopkins is totally like, "Oh, just give me my paycheck, please." <laughs> oh, oh my god. I thought I was sober. I've been sober for decades. He's like, "I just want to get married to my lady. We're going to be happy for 2 years and miserable for 90, just like everyone else." Good one. Damn, and that's very Chris Rock if He's going to live for another deal. 90 years? <laughs> Yeah, he's going to be, gonna be like 130, 130. you got to be kidding me. And then Anthony Hopkins goes, ha got you. Congratulations on the wedding. Gotcha, bitch. Gotcha, bitch. And then, he, and then gotcha, it ends with him bitch. saying, get in the car, bitch. Do him. Uh, we go out on that. And another St. Lunatic song to, 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 bring down, to bring down the whole house. Boo earns to this endeavor. <laughs> it's, it's not very good. Uh, this is this is Chris Rock um, laying into uh, John Slatterly. Slatterly, what? Slatterly. <laughs> you mean like Slatternly? Slatternly. John, like a Slatternly wo- yeah. woman, <laughs> like a woman of the night. Uh, but he's I, a apparently a thing that's been happening in this in this movie is that this John Slatternly has been uh, talking down Slatterly. to Chris Rock. Slattery. I guess they don't like each other. <laughs> Travis's bit is he says things wrong. Remember that. <laughs> it's people love it. Saturday. It doesn't annoy anybody at all. Uh, and he goes, um, this is where he finally like takes the power back from John Slatternly. And he goes, like, you guys, don't you talk like that to me or whatever. You guys can't even find Saddam Hussein. Now, if you ever talk down to me again, you'll be the only guy in heaven with a wheelchair. Jeez, you better what? act. <laughs> you better. <laughs> You better act right before you get smacked right, bitch. And he's like serious when he says that. Yeah. Also, and it's like, yay, he stood up to him. The only guy in heaven with a wheelchair. Yeah, ableist. Got him. <laughs> well, Got maybe him. it's like the people who are in wheelchairs when they go to heaven, they don't, they don't need their wheelchairs anymore. But for some reason, John Slattery well, will his have his so hard that that God will be like, you have to keep your wheelchair. <laughs> Because God is ableist, He punishes people by by giving them. yeah by giving them assistive devices. God's yeah. the original ableist. Uh, there's a part in it Cain where ableist. <laughs> well, that was cook- that was cooking. All right, yeah, you said it cooking. when you were quick. 
This is this was a part. <laughs> you were cooking. Yeah, it's cooking. Funny you shit. were quick. This is a part of network that I, I I also like to think Anthony Hopkins like <laughs> just like changed the rest of the line because he was so checked out of the movie. But he's talking about Chris Rock's dead brother and about how he would had intimacy issues or something like that. For some reason, this has come up to Chris Rock. He needed boner pills or. Uh, no, like he just couldn't. He couldn't form tight relationships oh, or something okay. like yeah, that. Yeah, because he's a CIA operative. <laughs> he could, I, right. He couldn't form uh, erections. Yeah, because like <laughs> I think Chris Rock like asks him about him because he's never met his brother. Right, right. And at a certain point, he goes, and, and this he's is, like, he's but like, this is what he relationships says. are useless in this in this business. Kind <laughs> right. Of shit. It doesn't matter to me. But he goes, well, apparently he had intimacy problems. He was distant. He was some kind of psychotherapy crap. <laughs> and I'd like to think that there was more to the line, and he was just like, some sort of psychopathic crap. I don't well, fucking know. Kevin and I have talked about this extensively, like, off the podcast, but I'm sure it's come up on here, too. But, like, I love in action movies or spy movies or thrillers where they're like, ah, the goddamn bag heads are ruining everything for us. It's like some kind of psychotherapy <laughs> bullshit. Yeah, exactly. Some kind of computer jargon in English, professor. <laughs> These experts in there knowing about shit, I don't want to hear about it. I say, you flyboys, crack me up. <laughs> Knowing knowing about stuff and having expertise is for losers. Losers. And wieners. Uh, Speaking of losers. Weak men and communists. (laughs) Speaking of losers and wieners, uh, ratings. I'm going to give this one, Judd. This is a diabolically bad movie. It's a terrible movie. Just a terrible movie. I, yeah, just nothing to say. We've said everything. It's bad. It's just bad. (laughs) Not even a little bit entertaining. (laughs) I mean, unless you want to go like, well, I kind of amused myself hating it so much. Right. Uh, I'm going to give it one Douglas for the uh, the foot job in the restaurant festooned with lingerie hotel room stuff. Festooned. Uh, and I'm going to give it... Uh, uh, God. I'm going to give it t- uh, 10 out of 10... Uh, oh God, 10 out of 10... <laughs> <laughs> 10 out of 10 bad, just hacky Chris Rock jokes. I don't know what it's else to way do. Way more than that, too, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Got mine. Uh, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it one as well. But again, and and, and this is entirely. I not. I know not everybody's into you know liking bad movies ironically or that sort of thing. But I was constantly like. Not laughing for the reasons they wanted me to, but right. just going kind of well, you, laughing you, in astonishment. You also get to like do other stuff while these movies That's are on. That's true. You know? <laughs> That's true. But I mean, it's just that kind of movie that is so thoroughly, like, completely bad, and and it's so like openly in a way. Yeah. It's like an openly bad movie. It's like like hostile. Anthony Hopkins is basically like could just be looking at the camera, going like, I'm sorry, like, I don't like this. <laughs> I don't like being in this movie. This is the business. Sometimes though, sometimes yeah. you sign on to a thing or you need money or whatever. Maybe I have a gambling problem. We don't know what my deal is. I was an alcoholic well, like for ta- a long time. He talks time. about being in the Thor movies, and he's like, that's a non-acting job. You know, like, I don't have to do anything. Yeah, exactly. And he's doing less than nothing. He's, like, act- actively, right, like... Right, at least he's fun to watch in those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I always sort of had him had him pegged as one of those people who can sleepwalk entertainingly through anything, and in this one, it's something beyond that, where he seems to be in some sort of, like, pro- well, he's protest in mode. Yeah. yeah, some sort of you, You're kind of, like, concerned with him a little bit. Like, is he going to be okay? Mm. I don't know about Anthony Hopkins. I'm worried about him <laughs> this movie. He's fine. He's okay. Uh, I'm gonna give it. I guess I'll give it one Douglas for the for the foot job. Um, but you know whatever. And I'm gonna give it ten out of ten crackers in my ass. No, oh. Travis. <laughs> I was gonna. Okay, I'm gonna be generous and give it one point five. Mm. Damn. And That's the point five. And the point five 
is because thinking about this movie, the only thing that I really liked about this movie was some of the locations. Sure. I liked seeing Grand Central Station. I really loved their fancy hotel rooms. I thought they were gorgeous. Okay. Um, so that's why I'm giving it 1.5. And I just feel like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm giving it zero Douglases. And, but I am giving it 10 out of 10 restaurant foot jobs. Yep. There you go. Uh, wow. Well, I mean, that's the worst one, but I, I don't know if it's the most boring one. I think possibly, um, well, it's tough. It's a tough call. No, it's the most boring one, I think. No, it's, it's the def- most boring. It's one. definitely my okay. least favorite one, but it's not like we're. we're I would, I would definitely say that much. this movie is sluggish and inert, but it's and it is boring. But it's like there's production value that doesn't exist in Bad Company of or course. in Safe House. It's better directed. It's better acted. Yeah, the script is pretty. I mean, it's doing what it's what's trying to do. Of course, we're talking about Body of Lies, 2008, yes. directed by the one and only Ridley Scott. The Riddler. Our world as we know it is a lot simpler to put to an end than you might think. Day. The car gets immobilized, starts shooting, nobody gets traded, everybody dies. Same as every day. You got it. Oops. How the hell did you expect me to run an operation when you're running a side operation? I'm just trying to back you up, buddy. It's a dangerous, dangerous world out there, you know? It's not working. This little war will go on with or without you. Of course, of course, the best movie of the three, and way, 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 way better than Bad Company, but did I enjoy it more? Is the I thing. don't know. I mean, I certainly it's a, do. It's a real just sort of, it's not bad. I'm going to try, I'm try, gonna struggle with this to try, try to describe how this movie is both pretty good and sucks at the yes. same time. Sure. It's very strange, but it's true. Because it, it, you just like watch it and you're like, why are they? Why, why did all these people come together to make this? These are huge names. Russell Crowe, Leonardo DiCaprio. I mean, this is very much a Ridley, a mid you know, mid two thousands Ridley project. I the, mean, yeah. it's like, well, we had a script that was ready to go. It's by William Monaghan, who was his guy for a little while. Yeah, I wrote the Departed. Did the Departed? Did Kingdom of Heaven with him? Yeah. Um. Uh. You know. Then he put a package together with Russell and Leo, and they were good to go. He probably shot it in eight weeks. I mean, like, yeah, he really just bangs these things out. It's what he does. I guess so. And it looks good. And it's hardly, from this time period, it's hardly his worst stuff. I mean, have we seen Robin Hood? Yeah, Robin Hood's. Or Exodus? I have seen Exodus. <laughs> I haven't seen either of those. You know, we're talking about some real clunkers. Robin here. Hood is like a is probably his worst movie. I would Russell agree. Russell Crowe, Robin with Hood. Yes, it's sort of. It's yes. incredible. It's it's un, it's almost unwatchable. Is it about Robin Hood? Yes. Yeah, but it's like trying to do the. But like, it's like a prequel, sort of more realistic version yes. of Robin Hood. It's like how Robin Hood becomes Robin Hood, and it's like supposed to be grounded in a realistic version of history. Which huh. I'm told by some friends of mine who are really into history, and indeed that movie that it is. The most realistic and an historically accurate version of that story. I like sure. my Robin Hood as a fox. So. I'm with you. I am going to go the home. The second most realistic uh, version. Spe- speaking of this podcast, I am going to go home today and watch one of our future Patreon installments, which is, not to be too much of a spoiler, Robin Hood Prince of Thieves. <laughs> yes. Cool. Oh, man, oh, man. I, and I, am, I can't wait. I am so mad at myself for deciding <laughs> to suggest this. <laughs> I'm so excited. Do you guys, guys want to know how many times I talk to somebody and I'm like, and they're like, what are you doing? Oh, I got to watch this movie tonight. What is it? I gotta, I'm like, oh, it's this thing. You know, and we're gonna, I'm doing it on the podcast. And they're like, oh, my God, why are you watching this? I'm like, I don't know. You know what, though? It was my idea. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. 
was telling my girlfriend about doing this exact episode today, and she's like, God, those sound terrible. Why did you guys pick those? And I'm like, actually, it was my fault. I picked them. <laughs> it was on a whim. It's me every time we watch a dog movie for our show, too. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, well. Speaking of like talking to your uh, friends or whatever, but like I, I was, uh, a lot of coworkers were coming in when I was watching Body of Lies mm. at work, or or I would tell co- like uh, friends or coworkers about it, and I'd be like, I'm watching a little movie called Body of Lies, and they're like, I've never heard never of heard that of before, it. and they're it's like, like, What's you've the never deal? heard of it, but you've heard of it a million times because it's just such a generic. So title. It's right. an absolutely generic title, and then and then I go, Well, it's a movie directed by Ridley Scott, and they're like, What? Yep. And they're like, it, and it stars Russell Crowe and Leonardo. DiCaprio it and they're like, not. They're like shut your mouth are you fucking joking yeah. I've literally never heard of this movie I can't place it I have n- and then I was like telling them what the plot is they're like nope doesn't ring any bells yeah. it never it never broached my consciousness at all, and it's got all those people. Who there's like other like well, Mark Strong, Mark Strong, baby Oscar Isaac baby shows Oscar, up in this. Oscar what a fucking, fucking cutie. Isaacs, little cutie, and he's totally like he's only in it for like five minutes, and it's like that that guy's a movie star. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. He's really great. Um, and it, and it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I would say that this is like a solid movie, but it's, it's fine. Boring. It's fine. I, I think <sighs> that this milieu uh, that it was necessary. You were gonna just have to make movies in this. Uh, it's two thousand eight. Yeah, we were because of the way the world was going. Because of the way the world if was we going. We were gonna make a serious spy movie like in this vein. It was gonna be about this stuff. But it's but man, I'm so sick and tired of looking at stuff that looks like this. Yeah. Where there where it's the um, cities in. Uh, wherever they Jordan or whatever, where, yeah. wherever they shoot, and then they, shoot to and be then, for you know, other the, countries. You see the the yellow, the yellow, smoky city, and you hear the yeah, and you're like, oh my god, I'm already bored. They're usually using the similar kinds of filters to make it look extra deserty. Yeah. Then there's always satellite photos. <laughs> there's people in an office in America uh, yeah. looking at satellite photos, and then there's someone on the ground, and then there's this like combination of portrayals of um, um, Arab or Muslim people. Yeah, where you see like, like a little kid running, yeah. who's doing something. There's the scary zealots, and then the, the noble kind of like people, but they still all and feel then like the movie politicians archetypes. or the you know who are like playing both sides of the fence. Yep. There's it, the person who who learns a lesson over yeah. the course of that. That maybe this is more serious than they've been. And like these know. these cliches were illuminating. These cliches we're discussing right now, they seem incredibly egregious today. They didn't seem much less egregious in 2008. So like what I'm saying is. By 2008, this shit was already really stale. That's absolutely. I felt that way when it came out. Kind of like, yes, really. We're making another one of fucking. We're doing these? this. Yeah, this is pretty well worn territory at this point. I mean, it had been fully boiled down to just like a um, an action cliche in the Bourne movies. Yeah. By this point, the worst thing about this is like you know when when these movies were getting made, it's like I'm already tired of this moral hand wringing over like spycraft and blah blah blah. But the worst thing about it is like the movie kind of both sidesing it, yes, and going like, yes, we know that there's bad that the American government does bad things and we mistreat blah blah blah, and it's like, but we've got to do it, we've got to yes. do it because the terrorism is so scary. The moral is we need to do the war better, yeah, as or opposed nicer to or something. <laughs> we need and to it's be like, less. Maybe we should just not do it. Yeah, nope, no, no, we do need to do the war. But we gotta be like less dickheads about it. Right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's the like, and you're great, tremendous, great work, everybody. And, 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 and just like, 
I'm sure that those a lot of these movies have the same um, problems or whatever. But just like if you watch all the, because every movie from the late '70s to the '90s was uh, took place in Vietnam, because that was the right. kind of geopolitical. Well, we did have to fight the commies. Backdrop. Yeah, it, but like that setting is just inherently more interesting. I was about to say I would, jungles, I would rather watch a thousand more Vietnam movies yeah, than, than jungles, this stuff. rivers, that whole thing. Also, this. This this movie starts out with Russell Crowe like dictating to a computer, and I wrote down, "Is he blogging?" <laughs> because I think he kind of because he's like telling a story about the Manchester bombing, but he's like publishing it online somewhere. And I'm like, is, does he just have like a live journal or something? He's probably it's going to do his report. Yeah, I guess. But it, it just was yeah. you know, he's it wasn't. Blocked. It was like more like personality. Like it sounded like a diary he's entry a, or he's like got a, a blog. Russellcrow.typepad.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a PayPal tip jar on the side of the frame. <laughs> a visitor counter on the bottom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This, Previous man, this, man, this Manchester bombing is giving uh, terror. Mm. <laughs> yes, Travis. <laughs> Bad. Nope. Very good. I liked it. <laughs> And she's a millennial, so I've I've got the heart of the millennials. That's true. You like the youths. Yeah. The youths. I mean, I'm not the youths anymore. Yeah, that's true. Speak for yourself. I am the, the youths. Zoomers I'm to the contend youths. with. You're um, the second youngest person in this room. That's true. Leo is doing some sort of what I write some sort of desert Arabic exchange mm-hmm. uh, with Oscar Isaac. At one they've point, got a, they've got an informant. <laughs> you guys, I. I was smoking weed watching this movie. At one point, I not. did think Oscar Isaac may have been a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> because he's, like you said, he's only here for a little bit of time. And, uh, and he's then not here there, for there a was, long time. He's here for a good time. And then there was like a flashback. And I was like, wait, did he die a long time ago? I was kind of confused no. timeline wise. And then I was like, oh shit, is he just like a ghost of his old partner? No, he's he's just a regular. Uh, he's just turns t- out this movie doesn't go there at all. No, there's no, there's nothing like that at all in this movie. Uh, but for a split second, I did believe they're, that. They're Oscar t- they're dealing ghost. with an informant who might have a location on the big bad guy that they're getting. Yes, who's like Ali Hassan or whatever is the main terrorist bad guy that we're chasing. Hani Salam. Hani Salam. There we go. It was close enough. Uh, and that's basically the attitude of the movie is like everybody's sort of the same like that. Yeah, they're Hani Salam who what he's the leader of uh like a like a terrorist The Brotherhood group. of the Brothers of Awareness. Yeah. No, I thought that was the one they made up. Uh, see there you go. I don't See, I think know. he's the leader of a terrorist group called yeah, Al Brothers Salim. of Awareness. Al Salim, that's up. where I'm getting that's where yeah, I'm getting confused. Yeah. So Hani Salam he I think he is the leader they're looking for of this like kind of Al Qaeda Al Salim thing. And he's Jordan. the guy at the beginning of the movie who's like talking like here, you know, we are here's why we're blowing you up. Right, right, I think right. Hani, I think Hani is Mark Strong. Ha- that's Hani Pasha. Oh, there's two Hanis? That's an honorific. Oh, okay. Well, there I don't you go. fucking. I wrote down a lot of different uh, names. That's an honorific, and, <laughs> and I, I don't know. Where and to I go. know that because when he meets Mark Strong, and he's like, "Ah, oh, calls him Honey Pasha." Honey Pasha is like, "Oh, you know that that is you know, my title." Oh, uh, okay. I see. There's an Al Salim. That might be the guy. Yeah, There's yeah. Al Salim. Al Salim. Maybe. His, but his name is Al Salim. Yeah, Al Salim. <laughs> he's like he's like Al Bundy. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> he hates his stupid son, and his daughter's a slut. That's the joke. <laughs> and she's stupid. And she's stupid. But she's her fashion <laughs> is so great. Remember that show, man? I love it. Uh, I never watched it. Oh, my God. You have, Nick loved it, though. You have to watch it. Those I, live audiences really loved it. Um, yeah. The whole joke is his daughter is a dumb slut. Yeah. America's America's sweetheart, Kelly Bundy. And he hated his. He hated oh, his. He, he hated, hated his having sex with wife. his wife. Yeah. She, Ow, let's have sex. <laughs> no pig. No pig. That's anyway. pretty much the show. 
Um, yes. I, I also wanted to point out, because just whenever this happens, I always, um, I'm always like, oh, because there's like a quote from an author at the very well, it's, beginning. And it's by Auden, too. It's W. Auden. Auden. W. H. Auden. I and the public know what all school children learn. Those to whom evil is done do evil in return. Fart really noise. Really makes you think. Fart noise. And boy, you're going to be thinking a lot about stuff after this movie. About how things are maybe kind of bad, and yeah. but also maybe we should should still keep doing them. So mm. Leo's on the ground, and Russell Crowe is back in the states doing dad shit all the time. He's constantly fathering. He's just doing mundane dad shit, con- and on the phone. He just when, every time someone calls him, he's like tying his kids' soccer cleats, or like doing laundry, or like just being dad of the year, really. And uh, I think that I think that they just they they think the juxtaposition is just really bracing or something that like yes he's doing like devastating he's because he's kind of a, an antagonist Over the phone. he's like the bad guys who do, don't give a shit about the people in the Middle East right who are just trying to get their own cloudy agenda despite like no, no matter how many victims uh, they create but it, but while he's doing these devastating things and lying to Leo and manipulating him into doing bad things he's like tucking his children in or like feeding them applplesauce and you're like whoa even bad guys got kids and yeah, and they're like have families this allegedly whoa. very this allegedly deeply ironic juxtaposition of what he's doing you know and it's just like yeah it's just so stupid it's, it's the so kind, fucking it's the kind tired, of movie that, th- that thinks that that's a deep uh, thing it's patronizing yeah exactly it's absolute garbage oh shit these guys who do bad things have families oh yeah. I bet they even love their kids Whoa! I assumed they didn't. Apparently, they should do this in other in other big movies. Like they should have like uh, Darth Vader is like blowing up Alderaan while he's also you know like making some fucking Sundays for his nephew or whatever. Did you make sure to floss, honey? (laughs) (laughs) I better go blow up a planet now. Make sure to do your homework. Is Padme okay? How's Padme? (laughs) Is she safe? Is she safe? Yeah, I mean, like, Hans Gruber's like, from, pardon me a moment, Mr. Cowboy. I've got to check and see if my son aced his algebra exam. <laughs> or he like he calls he calls and reads his daughter or fucking Winnie the Pooh be, to put her to sleep. Excuse, ex- one moment, Mr. Takagi, before we shoot you in the head. Uh, please take this time while I read Winnie the Pooh to my granddaughter to reveal the codes to the safe, please. I love you, honey. I do it all for you. Honey, don't worry. I'll take you to I'll take you to Yasser Arafat's tailor when I get home. <laughs> Rumor has it, <laughs> John Phillips, London. It's <laughs> fucking stupid, though. Like that's the, that's the the kind of stuff that this that this movie thinks it's like really serving up, um, like real deep shit. Uh, <clears throat> it's so basic. Yeah, and it's like I said, it seemed stale even then. It it also really has a hard time. Um, getting a plot across a specific like thrust of the movie like it's it really just for the first on honestly like two thirds really just feels like just sort of repeat repetitive like generic Middle East spy type it's, of crap. It's musty. It's just really it, like at a certain point you gotta ha- kind of have some sort of I'm sorry like screenwriting 101 you've got to have some sort of like motivation maybe a time limit something that we're we're going like oh here's what they're doing they're just sort of in the Middle East doing like you know America Mysterious in the Middle East spy crap. shit yeah they should they definitely should be there but what they're doing they're right. doing it wrong because yeah. they're being jerks about it. But they do need us up there. We do, yeah. They need us on that wall. They need us on that wall. We just need to be less jerks about it. Um, but like, for, for, it's just constantly like Russell Crowe going like, uh, 
I need you to do this thing, Leonardo DiCaprio. I need you all to do this thing, Leonardo DiCaprio. By the way, they're both doing. They're both doing horrible southern accents. It's it's like, I'll give it to Russell Crowe because, as we've discussed, these Australian English uh, actors oftentimes need an accent to like hang mm. the thing upon. So whatever, Russell Crowe usually has does a New York thing. <sighs> like, just don't. I'm, I don't. I'm American. Want I'm from America. You know that's sort of <laughs> yeah, it's rough. Uh, and in this one, he's decided to do Southern. But then uh, Leo, for it, completely inexplicably, is doing a Southern accent too, and he's also kind of bad at it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> And it doesn't. It, that's like the sort of thing that's not going to bother me in a Once Upon a Time in America, obviously. But in, but in this one, where they're just back and forth between these two guys with fake Southern accents, yeah, it gets pretty fucking silly. Can we talk about another thing that this movie does that's absolutely stultifyingly generic? Uh-huh. What? It's the. It's the <laughs> what? It's the. It's this thing where um where he is falling in love with the pretty lady doctor. Oh boy. Shift if our hottie who I really like in the Extraction movies, by the way. Oh, she's, she's great in gorgeous. those. Gorgeous. She's beautiful. Oh my god. And in, sure. in Extraction, she gets to really kick some ass. Oh yeah. Uh, she rules. But um. The like the the you know uh, what we're doing here is his humanity is so gone because of all the horrible heinous shit that we make him do mm. that this one thing might be the thing that pulls him back from the brink and re- gets him back in touch with his humanity and I'm just like I don't fucking care man <laughs> change the channel Marge yeah. <laughs> give me a, how about a plot instead give like, me uh... literally any fucking thing. I would rather that this be the most politically reprehensible spy movie action bullshit where he's just running around killing guys indiscriminately and it's rah-rah jingoism than this. Where they give him uh, something to do. Like yeah. specifically, here's what your goal is, and and now off you go to go do the goal. There isn't a single good action sequence in this. There's a couple of chases, like oh I'm chasing a guy, and oh no I stepped on some broken glass, and the dog's biting me. And the cool, like, ah. the coolest thing was uh, when that guy got his fingers all smashed. Was it Leo who got his fingers? He gets smashed? a couple of his yeah. fingers smashed. My favorite part is when Oscar Isaac just gets fucking nuked. He gets just blown up. Yeah, yeah. I would have liked it better if he was a ghost though. Yeah, that would have been like Eddie Griffin and John Q. Oh dude, <laughs> just give you an idea of like this, how ser- how like uh, this movie thinks it's a real movie like it's very serious Oscar Isaac gets blown up Leo's nearby and he gets Oscar Isaac's like bone yeah they're fragments. like he's they're like pulling shit out of him and he's, he's like what is that and they're like bone fragments don't worry it's not yours yeah and, and when I was watching it I, I hadn't seen this movie since 2008 but they go like these are bone fragments and I said not yours yeah. and then they said not yours I was like here we go and I, then he like takes one of the Oscar Isaac bone fragments and like puts it in a matchbox he's like I'll save your bones Oscar because this meant something to me and all that sort of stuff I like stuff. the part when the, when the SUV they're in gets blown up and then the you know the their s their their air support escort comes by to rescue them and the one guy's like get the driver and the dude's like i can't he's in pieces yeah <laughs> cool yeah. that is a really good explosion like you see it go off like right in oscar isaac's face and you're like that guy didn't make all the it. stuff looks really good there's, yeah, a, looks amazing. there's a handful of there is actually a pretty big action scene i can't remember. it's during that like first two-thirds they're shooting just rpgs like, at, yeah and there's like trucks a, and stuff that's like pretty a car cool, yeah. a caravan where there's like a helicopter and rpgs and it's like damn all right we got to get butts in the seat. At least we got five thing. minutes of fun here to get this like centrist polemic. <laughs> I mean, to sell it to middle America. I kind of liked the whole like invent like inventing a terrorist thing. Sure, like, the, that's, the way that's they, interesting. That's I mean, start, that, ha- yeah, that starts happening like two thirds into the, it's like right. So and far I really liked I liked seeing how they did that. I thought yeah. that was kind of fun. How they invented this Omar Sadiqi guy. It also fucking sucks for that dude. But yeah, um, that was interesting. But that was. 
But it's how is that not thing. the plot of the movie? I know. Why, yeah. did, why did they wait so long? Yeah. <laughs> it becomes the, it finally, it, it, and that's when the movie, I think, starts to pick up a little bit because you're at least, oh, a thing. Yeah. No, I'm like pretty sure something. the movie picks up when Leonardo DiCaprio meets his girlfriend's uh, nephews and asks them what kind of food they like, and they say hamburgers, hamburgers. and spaghettis. Hamburgers, <laughs> spaghettis. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then he's like, okay, well, I like those too, so you guys tell me what it's safe to eat. And they're, like, they're serving him like whatever, you know, their <laughs> local dishes. And they're like, no. And the kids are like, don't eat that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Hamburgers and spaghettis. Um, yeah, and like it seems like the movie thinks it's getting way more mileage out of Leo versus Russell Crowe and Leo versus Mark Strong. And it's like, well, I'm not really interested in anything that any of these guys are doing. Mark Strong, probably a guy you would not cast in this role now. Yeah, absolutely Who plays like not. the head of Jordanian intelligence. Gives you an idea of how long, how far. I mean, this is 2008, and it's Mark Strong, English. 15 years ago. Caucasian English actor doing yeah. like a, playing a, a Middle Eastern guy. Yeah, probably I wouldn't mean, do that now. I would hope not. Hopefully not. Although Ridley did, Ridley did get into a lot of trouble for that with Exodus. Oh, yeah. Where they were like, why are you casting like John Turturro in these parts or John Malkovich? And he's like, look, that's what gets the movie paid for. I'm sorry. Um, Mm. He was was insensitive about it, but I mean, I don't think he's wrong. Certainly not at that point in in time. But he's... He's a very Ridley is a very rich man who has spent a lot of time in the industry and doesn't really let anybody tell him what to do. So he's when, a he's a yeah, yeah. He's, he's a, a in, he's an industry guy. Yeah. For so sure. so when he says that he's not he's kind of like telling it like it is. Yeah. Unfortunately, he's not very good at explaining it that way. No, but he was probably smoking a cigar when he said it. Yes, and, and drinking a very expensive <laughs> glass of his own wine. <laughs> this uh, code, this Kodak's insouciant but yeah. dry. Or whatever Never exactly. precocious. Never precocious. That's right. Anyway, insouciant. fuck off. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's just like a, a bunch of j- just random kind of spy game, to, and it's really Scott, really Scott's spy game. It uh, is really Scott's spy game, which makes I the, like spy game more. Oh, of course you did. Yeah, there's a plot. I mean, Spy Game's a better, more exciting, yes. more charming, it's better also, looking movie. Spy Game is another is another movie that is also like thinks it's saying something, but what it's saying is very bland. Yes, like sort of like no, well, we gotta have things be nice. But uh, but also like the 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 overarching plot in, of that game is in that movie is like. <laughs> You know, we have to take better care of the people who we are making do this heinous shit for us. Yeah. And uh, and ultimately, like, <laughs> the, that movie is, like, it, the chemistry between the two leads is more palpable, you know? Yeah. Like, think of the scenes in that movie where Robert Redford and Brad Pitt actually share a scene instead right. of, like, talking, like, over the phone or in flashback. And they also have, like, uh, chemistry together, They have chemistry too. together, whereas there are scenes in this when, like, Russell Crowe and Leo are in the same room together, and it's like, get me the fuck out of here. They, both, they, don't, they don't both sound like Foghorn Leghorn, yeah. Leghorn talking to himself <laughs> in the mirror or something like that. Yeah, and, uh, you know, uh, this is this is one of those test cases where you kind of want to go, I think Tony's the better director, you know? Yeah. He certainly made less clunkers. Yeah, but I love that's, them both. That's a, that's a whole. Don't man, get me wrong. I love them both. Um, but yeah, that, that's the that's like the, the, what the movie thinks is the crux of it is this interplay between Leo and Russell. Yeah. And Russell's a real stinker, but he has children and he loves them. Whoa! And and uh, Mark Strong's Honey Pasha, head of Jordanian intelligence, is like you know very, very very mysterious, and his his agenda is never quite fully clear. He's mm-hmm. playing both sides against the middle for his own purposes. He may not even be, be be doing it for patriotic purposes of his own. Who knows? It never really becomes clear, and also no one cares. <laughs> and he does call uh, Leo de- my dear, my dear, which all I the time. loved. Yes. And I'm going to start calling everybody my dear. 
Hey, 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 shh. Don't, don't bark. Lily, stop Lily does it, my not dear. like the idea of you <laughs> calling everyone my dear. I guess maybe and I frankly, won't. I also think it's pretty creepy. <laughs> I can with Mark Strong. Give it time. Also, I can let it play. I can out. feel Ridley Scott going like, "Mark, buddy, give me the Ben Kingsley." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is very Kingsley esque. Um, but I, I'm, you know, I'm a big, Mark, big fan of Mark Strong, and he's in he is in my two favorite movies of the last decade. He's also in Robin Hood. And he's in Robin Hood. <laughs> he's yeah, he that dude that dude works. God bless him. Yeah. And he's he's like the third lead in this movie too. He's in it a lot. Yes, he is. Uh and and that's the that's the whole dynamic of this movie that, that serves as a plot up until two thirds into the goddamn thing when they start doing this pretty interesting thing. because uh, I swear to God, it's just sort of been like random <laughs> spy shit in the Middle East that kind of doesn't really add up to anything. All you know is like Russell Crowe keeps uh sabotaging Leo's Leo maybe cares a little bit more about people, but Russell Crowe mm-hmm. doesn't because he's not there, and so he keeps on fucking over his like, con- his like um, connections, his assets, his assets, and he's like, "Oh, stop doing that, Russell Crowe." He's like, "Okay, I will stop," and then he does it again. He's like, "Oh, Russell, stop that!" Why I oughta? And then, but the, and and I guess it doesn't even make any sense though because look, what keeps happening is Russell Crowe will tell him like, "I need you to cultivate this asset." And he's like, "Okay, I got this guy now. All right, well, we're gonna send him to a certain death." <laughs> no, don't do that because I need these people to trust me, and if they keep getting them killed, they're not gonna come forward. He's like, "I don't care about that." I but anyway, you. get me some more guys. Yeah, <laughs> I'm here. For, oh, by the way, I'm, let, let me tuck in my child here. Oh, I've got to read uh, Yertle the Turtle to my kid for a <laughs> yeah. second here. Just one sec. Uh, there should be a scene where he's like on the phone with Leonardo DiCaprio. He's like, "Hold on a second. Beep. Uh, yeah, drop the bomb. Beep. <laughs> okay, we're back." <laughs> but he he also um, is constantly being called fat throughout this movie. Yeah. Uh, I believe it is the the beginning of what it's we the might dawn know of the fat Russell Crowe period. Fat Russell Crowe period, and uh, my the beloved movie definitely fat lets Russell Crowe period. I'm Absolutely. Yeah, I love big Russell Crowe. And Leo calls him a fat ass all the time and stuff. And th- actually, there are there are parts of their relationship and it, it, moments where the movie knows what side its bread is buttered on, and they get they they fly Russell Crowe's ass over to the middle, yeah. or Leo's back in D.C. or whatever, and they get the two of them together. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes those scenes are good. They have like a weird dynamic because Russell Crowe is straight up his boss, mm-hmm. and and but he also kind of is aware that he's tormenting this guy yeah. and pushing him to the limit. So Leo will like push him and call him names. And like at one point he like kicks his chair down on the ground. He's like fucking fat ass. Fuck you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's like his, and then he'll just be like, okay. Or more like, all right, dear son, y'all going to well, do what you're going to do. He's playing the long game. <laughs> he's yeah. playing the long game. And then, at a, and then at a certain point, I think it's when they're, t- <laughs> they're together head to head, Leo just like, and we really feel like he's been, over the course of this first two thirds of the movie, he's maybe been developing a moral core and learning about the people right, and this yeah, and that. Yeah. Then he goes, "What do you say we uh, invent a terrorist, and that makes uh, the guy that we're Al, Al what's his face, yeah, yeah. come out, and, and he's going to be like jealous that we that, of that this there's one a cool new terrorist on the block." I question this. The, the fundamentals yeah, this, of this plan. This guy's killing too many people. He's killing more people than me. We need to step it up or something. We make a fake terrorist, and then he'll do real good at doing terrorism, and then this other guy will be like, ooh, mad with jealousy, and yeah, then they'll meet, and that's how we'll find him. Shake harder. Him out. I'm obviously not like <laughs> Look, you're not a strategist. On, on this sort of stuff, but it's like. So they do some like okay. weird profiling stuff where they're like, okay, like this guy looks the part. Also, he has like kind of radical beliefs but not too much so it's like just enough to hint and it turns out he's like what he's like some accountant or something he's an yes. architect architect yeah 
And he's he seems to be just like a, a nice enough guy, and uh, but he he does he has no compunction with working with terrorists, like yeah. he'll take taking their money, right? So that makes it good enough for them. He's to already throw him laundering under the, bus. the money through his bit through his business, and then they yeah. get they get him they get pictures of him with people who are also very distantly connected to people who are connected to terrorists, and they just start building this case on this poor fucking guy. Then it get then it starts to get. This is where it's like, oh, that's that's interesting. You're right, like, right. Where they um they stage an actual terrorist explosion mm-hmm. by like taking corpses from the morgue and shit yep. like that. Yeah, I thought that. And was And they cool. really blow. And you're like, fuck, man, this is it's the cra- There's yeah. there's like 30 minutes left in the movie at this point, and yeah, stuff. They finally think that happening. there's an explosion at like a U.S. Air Force base in yeah. Uh, yeah. Jordan or whatever. It's crazy, and like this stuff really works well. Like the structure of this stuff that starts happening way later in the movie really works with what they're trying to say. Yeah, because the Americans are manufacturing this image of this person, and and the people they're bearing the brunt of this fiction that they're creating are the people who are in the country yes. themselves. But it so definitely would have, you know, gained from having that be the plot the of the story. movie. Yeah. The story, like that's what it needed. We didn't need if if this is the plot of the movie, and it's argued that we need a bunch of this context. It's not a good argument because we yeah. fucking don't you yeah know? it's been very boring up until this right point. exactly just like cut that you and know? it feels now we're like playing catch a up. lot of that's in service of an attempt to make the ending more ambiguous we're like okay mm. so how do we feel about all that and it's like yeah, maybe like we don't maybe we don't want to be a bit more didactic right you know? exactly there's a, like it, it is like compared to something like syriana or whatever because like the zero so, dark 30 yeah well, well like a lot of movies where they're gonna there's like tim blake nelson will be like well and this is why what america's doing is right and they're just ranting like they yeah, really put yeah, their yeah. that only ha- that does happen but only like a couple times in this movie uh i don't know maybe it could happen more i don't know it just it would have more personality I say, that way i say <laughs> i do declare that uh, i'm sorry leonardo dicaprio i thought you was called <laughs> uh uh, but yes, so th- now they're they're doing this like f- fairly interesting plot where they're creating a, a terrorist, and then th- I think I thought I thought I thought at least things were happening, and I knew what was happening, and and, and there was a thrust to it right. at the end here because like once again Russell Crowe's kind of like working against him. Russell mm-hmm. Crowe also is, I think, pointedly kind of incompetent as he's doing all this fuckery, but he's also like. Has no control well, to some, to some degree. Behind, these two guys behind the curtain, Mark Strong and, and Russell Crowe, are definitely supposed to be contrasted against each other. Yeah. But I don't think that that really makes it doesn't go anywhere. doesn't really go anywhere. Uh, Mark, Mark Strong definitely does like the soft power more where like yeah. at a certain point you see him like doing favors for a guy who works who works with the terrorist organization. He's like, that'll come in handy later on in the movie. He also is literally using a hammer on Leonardo DiCaprio's hands. That's but that's oh. the other guys. Mark Strong saves him from those guys. So, yeah, but it's kind of I thought it was implied that he kind of like had him set up to have that happen to him, too. Maybe. <laughs> well, because he leaves like completely shady the whole time. You don't know really where so. he's coming from. <sighs> I, I, I don't know enough to mm. to litigate that. <laughs> litigate it. <laughs> but yes, uh, at a certain point, uh, Leo gets into a pickle, and uh, uh, like this this sort of like fictional thing that he's created to to fight the terrorists kind of bites back at him, mm-hmm. and. He uh, he thinks that his girlfriend, uh, the lady who uh, whose sister is a terrible cook, has been <laughs> kidnapped. And this is this turns out to be staged, which yeah. I thought was kind of interesting. Like they they 
took some of her blood from like a blood bank or something like that and splattered it all over the apartment. And so he never like hears from anybody going like we have her or has any evidence that they have her. I think that, that she was just in a hotel room somewhere. Oh yeah, the they whole said time. that she was like having a fine time. Like, yes, that she was like a not good really conversationalist, a- and yeah. they, she was in like a nice hotel. Yeah, not really aware of what was happening or any of that. So they weren't going like by the way, scary stuff is happening. She's not doesn't know about any of this. But and Leo that's nice thinks, of them. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But Leo thinks she has been straight up kidnapped. This this um, Mark Strong absolutely did do. He he was involved with the fake kidnapping of this lady. So now Leo wants to trade himself with the actual terrorist that they don't like, the the, the supposedly real bad guy of this movie. Yeah. Uh, whose name is Al Salim, <laughs> and and so he's like arrange an exchange where like we'll exchange her for me, and so they go out into the middle of the desert. And he like hides in the back of a trunk, and then there's like four cars come together. Do you remember this part? Oh yeah, the, and then the they sand. go around in and the they circle. S- they go in a circle. I thought this to was kick really up. smart. This was cool. This, this was like okay, cool. yeah, go a thing. They kick up a bunch of dust, and then all so the, saddle, the cars. So the saddle you can't see them through from the satellites. Right, and then once the dust settles, all the cars go in different directions, so you don't know which car you actually got into. And so yeah. the satellite are like, well, I guess he's on his own. Russell Crowe calls him little buddy throughout the whole thing, and so he goes, he sees them all go, go off, and they go, which one should we follow, Russell? Which one should we follow? And he just and he just sort of like goes, oh, sorry, little buddy. That's kind of like his attitude yeah. for the whole thing. Like, like we that can't. Was, that was my friend, but yeah. eh, he's fucked. Yeah. Or not, nah, I don't know. But fortunately for Leo, um, Mark Strong's character no, at least has a better uh, idea of what's going on. Oh, because he, cause he, that guy... That he did a favor for earlier on in the movie is one is one of the guys working for Al Salim, the bad terrorist guy. But before any of this plan is able to come to fruition, uh, we do get to see Leonardo DiCaprio get tortured a little Yay. bit. Yay! And some of that's some pretty bad some torture. Some intense Good finger part. smashing. Yeah, real real nasty. Like he gets two of his fingers bashed with a hammer. Uh, and he's in front of like one of those black flags and everything. They got the whole thing, like they get the camera on him and all that sort of stuff. I was hoping for a decapitation video here. This is this is where uh, <laughs> this <laughs> is this is where like uh, the white guy is is like lecturing the the Middle Eastern. I mean, they're terrorists. And he's, I suppose he's right, but it's funny. You have my curiosity, like, terrorist, but now you have my attention. <laughs> this is Leonardo DiCaprio. There's no place in the Quran for murder of innocent people and suicide. And then he starts. And then he starts. No talking place about in the Quran for fourteen fucking whiskey sours. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I drank fourteen fucking whiskey. They smash. I'll, they I smash will his hand. Fucking blow your brains out. <laughs> they smash his hand, and then Mark Strong leans in. And he's like, "That's the best acting. That's the I've best ever acting seen. I have ever seen." Is y'all, y'all are slaves to oil money, and when that money dries up, you will all disappear into the ashes of history. Jesus. And then they bash his. <laughs> they bash his fingers, mm. uh, and it's pretty gross. Uh, and then just right at the moment where like they've got him like flipped over on a table and they're gonna like I don't know it's, it looks like they're gonna cut his heart out or something like that. Uh, then uh, like um, Mark Strong, Mark Strong's men come in and and save him and stuff like that. And this is pretty much the end of the movie. Yeah, the plot kind of got away with me after you know they. I mean, it ends it, on a kind of an anticlimax anyway. It ends on an anticlimax. He he has like a, a final little discussion with both Russell Crowe and he's like, sorry about that little buddy or whatever. Um, there's a part where he's talking to Russell Crowe and and he, <laughs> well, this is a line of dialogue in the movie. He's like, ain't nobody likes the Middle East, buddy. There's nothing here to like. And then yeah. Leo goes, maybe that's the problem, huh? What? I've <laughs> 
That happens. <laughs> and nobody's innocent in this shit, Ferris, is another thing that Russell Crowe says. I mean, that at least makes some kind of sense. Yeah. But like, That's the kind of thing. Although I did kind of notice that a thing that you would kind of see more of now would be like the stark relief between like lug- the luxury of some Middle Eastern countries and like the others for the way the other half lives, is very, like the extreme poverty. Yeah. We don't see a lot of that here. We do see a lot of the like, oh, it looks like a goddamn blasted war zone and there's just burnt couches everywhere on the streets. You yeah. know, but like they don't the the it's depiction of Jordan and Syria, like countries like that is, let's say, not that positive. No. Did you did you see did you notice this? Uh, maybe there's an explanation for this that I'm totally missing. But there's a section, there's an area in whatever country, maybe the outskirts of Jordan or something like that of Amman, um, where like there's a garbage dump. Yeah, just a like giant a, at a certain pile point of garbage. Of, yeah, it's a giant pile of garbage. But also like surrounding it are like little fires. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Where who's where where are they coming from? I don't know. Is <laughs> somebody lighting these little fires? Uh, it's just production design to me. I think it's, it's just, just like, like it needs to kind of look like it's all sort of burning. Yeah. Sometimes like, garbage just lights on fire. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz it's just, just so hot out there in the desert yeah. that there's little pockets of garbage have caught fire. It's ju- it's just all a visual cliche. Right. Yeah. I don't know, it's weird. I guess it looks cool, yeah. and it really reminded. me. There's a part where like the guy that they that they were tricking, uh, that they were made into a fake terrorist, um, gets his body dumped, and it really reminded yeah, me of the counselor. Yeah. Ola, uh, very much like the yeah, like the Ola. scene in the counselor. Uh, it looked exactly the same, um, but yeah, like uh, and then Leo, I think he decides that maybe he's gonna stay in in Georgia. Yeah, well, he he also wants to cultivate his relationship with the lady doctor. Yeah. He's gonna get married to her, and and Russell Crowe's kind of like, well, if you're not with us, then you're against us, like a sort, yeah, like a sort of like mm, sort of thing. And, and then uh, the credits happen, and I'm like, oh fuck, it's over. Good, all right. Well, I thought that one of the more remarkable things about the movie is that the credits roll, <laughs> and you're a person singing, well, Middle Eastern terrorism. Or what? I don't. That's I'm paraphrasing <laughs> that the song. lyrics, but that's you, great song. <laughs> you, it is. It is in fact Guns and Roses. <laughs> It's Axl Rose and Guns N' Roses from the from the seminal album Chinese uh, Democracy. <laughs> I well. really did not expect this movie to go out of yeah, a Guns N' Roses song. It didn't fit that well, but <laughs> interesting <laughs> choice for sure. I guess it's weird. their movie. Uh, all right, sounds uh, great. Great stuff. Uh, this is this is Leo, and this is when it, they're start they're making the subtext text. Uh, I'm here every day and I see this uh, the unnecessary travesties of this war that the rest of you backstabbing political fucking bureaucrats only look at pictures of. Damn. And uh, like a lot of the times it's it's like the same thing is that you'll see in, in more like right wing Vietnam movies mm-hmm. where they're like, the bureaucrats won't let us win the war. Right. They don't have the will to like win this war. It's like that's the similar sort of thing. Not not that maybe we shouldn't be here in general, but like we just need to get these What's pencil the, the pushers. The goddamn bean counters. The fucking bean counters. I actually liked this line, and it's again very not subtle at all. But Russell Crowe talking to Leo, and Leo's going like, "I think maybe not everybody has to die, <laughs> or whatever." And he's like, "You got to decide which side of the cross you're on. I need nailers, not hangers." Ooh boy. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Uh, yeah, hamburgers, spaghettis. Of course, this is this is Leo. Like as as I pointed out, at the actual line, you're a fat fucking piece of shit. You know that, Ed? Go on a goddamn diet. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, oh, and this is uh, this is Russell, uh, and he's talking to. I believe he's talking to Mark Strong in this case. You guys might you guys might have invented algebra, but we're the guys that figured out how to use it. 
Oh, okay. fuck off. Okay. Clash of Civilizations sort of stuff. Oh, and, and Russell <laughs> Somebody needs to make these guys watch Oppenheimer. <laughs> uh, just 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 cap it off because I like it when people in movies talk about movies and weird weirdly that this because we were just talking about it earlier but he goes uh, Russell Crowe goes he's just flown over and he's uh, as always hyper casual about all this mm-hmm. sort of stuff and he goes the flight was uh, flight was long or whatever but I watched that movie uh, Poseidon so, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I think he's referring to the remake, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. He watched the, the uh, another Warner Brothers joint. <laughs> the, the German the German guy, what's his Wolfgang Wolf Peterson Peterson. Wolfgang Bang. Poseidon. <laughs> yeah. Wolfgang Bang. That's a real episode. Uh that's good enough. Uh let's do ratings. That's good enough. Uh, I'm gonna give this two and a half Juds. It's thoroughly generic. Just un- an unnecessary movie. Yeah. Like another another in this fallow period of Ridley's where he was just like kind of cranking this stuff out. You know what? I would actually say that American Gangster falls into this situation, too, although that is a more entertaining movie with better performances. Again, by the time it's over, you're like, but I already watched The Wire, man. Like, what are we doing here? It's not doing anything original. Yeah. You know, I mean, there are great things about American Gangster that aren't present here, like, let's say, Jay-Z doing an entire album for the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. You know, well, but you but you get my point. Well, what would you rather have, Jay Z or Guns N' Roses? So I think I would take Jay Z in this case. <laughs> what, what if it's what if the album is Chinese Democracy though? <laughs> well, Let's think again. Speaking of democracy, <laughs> um, and I'm going to give this no Douglases. Uh, no, no, I don't think so. There's uh, the one relationship in it is extremely chaste. extremely conservative. Yeah, for obvious reasons. And I'm going to give it ten out of ten Oscar Isaac bone fragments. Yeah. Mm. Boy, that's that's this movie in a nutshell. Like, yeah, Oscar Isaac. Bull shit. Well, that's that. Can I stop watching now? <laughs> he's so he's so fun in it though. I mean, he just came right out of the gate. Yeah. God bless him. Uh, I'm gonna give it two and a half as well. It's really right down the middle. I think that if they had gotten to this plot earlier, might add some. Maybe in the after the first third, as, as instead of in the final act. Um, I could have I could have gone as high as like two and a half or three and a half. Like it could have just. It just refuses to be about anything until it is, it, which is just an odd way to make a movie. And and it's also just very silly that they both have these shitty southern accents. Yeah. Because it's such a very serious movie otherwise. Uh, really odd. And Zero Douglases. And uh, I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10 foghorn leghorns talking to themselves <laughs> in the mirror. Hell yeah. Um, I'm going to give it three Judds. Because mostly because of where it started picking up later on with the invention of Omar Siddiqui. And I like these actors, you know, and Oscar Isaac was great in his tiny role. And then, you know, I appreciate a good gross finger smash. We got a couple of those. It's gnarly, yeah. The finger bang, we would call that. Mm, I would not. Um, I'm going to give it zero Douglases. Except for the finger bang. <laughs> Except for that. And I'm going to give it 10 out of 10 hamburgers and spaghettis. <clears throat> Which was it? 10 out of 10 hamburgers, hamburgers and spaghettis. Spaghetti. Very good. Excellent. Oh, man. Oh, God. Let's, let's move it along. The least interesting one to me, I would say. This one? Yeah. Oh, okay, I guess. I don't know. It's not good. It's not that bad either. I kind of liked it. From the director, Daniel Espinosa. Who did Morbius. He was one of the most brilliant CIA operatives we ever had. Until he went rogue. He's responsible for the deaths of multiple agents. This guy's just not going to walk into an American consulate without good reason. 
So what's new in Cape Town? I heard a slot open up. One slot, 37 applicants. Every one of them with more field experience than you. How am I supposed to get more experience? I'm staring at four walls all day. This is Weston. We have a last minute reservation. Oh my God. That's Tobin Frost. Kill all the surveillance cameras in this room. Legal. Go, 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 go! Remember rule number one, you are responsible for your house guest. I'm your house guest. They're here for me, but they want me alive. You don't kill. Time's a wasting. Tick tock, tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. He did Morbius. And uh, two guns. No, wait, that's Balthazar comic art. Anyway, Daniel Espinosa also did uh, Life, that movie where Jake Gyllenhaal and Ryan Reynolds meet Venom. <laughs> I like that movie. I like That's the only good movie of his. It's kind of good. Uh, this was written by David Guggenheim, shocked. who also wrote Christmas Chronicles, the Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn Santa movie. Of course. Which is really which fun Which pretty and rules, good. yeah. That's yeah. Good. Sure. Um, and this is what pretty... A, what this a pedigree. Is some, this is basically <laughs> very generic stuff. Ryan Reynolds is the guy uh, the guy in the chair. His name is Matt. Yep, Matt Just like Weston. you. Just like me, Matt Weston. It's the morning day. It's the you morning yeah, day. It's training born day. Born identity training day. Yeah, That's yeah it. I see it. It's exactly it. Um, and uh, he's, the, he's the guy in the chair. He, like, works at a safe house monitoring the situation. Yeah, Snoroboro. Snoroboro. Hates his deal, wants to get promoted, but his boss, Brendan Gleeson, won't promote him. He yearns for action, yeah. Yeah, he wants to be a field agent, but they won't let him be a field so agent. So he just hangs out in it's one of those fucking funny, house. It's That's one of those job. funny movie things where, I, where I'm like, I don't understand these people at all, where his, only, his whole job is to just, just hang out in this house. cool place that Head has, like, phone. everything that you could possibly and need. And he's just throwing a ball and against he, the wall. I'm yeah. like, why aren't you, like, watching a bunch of movies or, like, or, like working at, like, I don't know, be doing something instead of sitting and throwing a tennis ball against the wall like yeah. like some some youthful street urchin. Yeah, it would be my fucking dream job to just do nothing in this fucking house yeah. and you get full benefits and all that stuff. Um, Meanwhile, there's there's uh Denzel plays what's the character's Tobin. name? Tobin. That's his yeah. first is that first Tobin or last? Frost. First Tobin name. Frost. There we go. And he's like this deep 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 black ops disavowed ex Super agent. Yeah, he went off the. Grid. He went off the res, as they say. For reasons they should that not use that or, term. Or However, he's, he's spent the last nine years selling out U.S. secrets, yes. gone rogue, and he's basically got the knock list. Yes. For Mission Impossible, it's a knock list, and um, he and he's uh, he's obtained it from another former colleague of his, Davos from Game of Thrones, and um, <laughs> yeah. And in they they have like a nice little meeting, and then the bad guys show up, and they shoot Davos, and then they give chase to uh, to Denzel Washington. There's a funny part where Denzel Washington's like in this restaurant, and he sees this guy, and the guy's like, "Hey, what do you think of my prostitute friend over here? You want uh, you want to take a crack at her?" And Denzel hands him a bunch of money. But then it turns out he's actually giving the guy money to dress up in his clothes and run away. Mm-hmm. So the bad guys shoot Very him. Very John Q style. Yeah, yeah, John Cusack. That was Eddie Griffin. Yeah, yeah. The, that guys kill him. And anyway, he he's in a real dilly of a pickle because he's got this secret info, and he he like puts it into this weird device and injects it as a microchip into his thigh. Sure, like you do. And and during this scene with Davos, it is uh, it is established that he's a big wine connoisseur. He likes wine. It comes up later on in the movie a couple of times. He's like, mm, I like Through this the wine, and I like <laughs> wine in general. That's part of my character. <laughs> Let's moving on. Should now. do more spying and less whining. 
and he, but anyway, he's in a real dilly of a pickle, and he decides uh, that he that in, his only way out is to give himself up. So he does. So he goes to uh oh Ryan Reynolds safe the house. The safe house. And by the way, this takes place in Cape Town. Cape Town in South, South Africa. Africa. South Africa. Riggs, 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 Riggs. Clever dog. Clever dog, Riggs. <laughs> We're only in the seventh inning, Riggs. I like my chili with crushed Oreos. Thank you, Riggs. <laughs> I like Cape Town a lot better than Jayberg. Joburg. Joburg. <laughs> Not for me. Riggs. Riggs. Uh, that's, that's it. Well, there's probably oh, no, there will be more. I knew that had to happen at I some think point. Even, I think even more annoying than that, though, and I, I talked to, we, we all came in the same car together to this. Yeah. But, uh, but Brendan Gleeson is like, it's in that the classic dynamic. Who's the uh, other lady in Vera it? Vera Farmiga. Vera Farmiga. And it's the two of them that are kind of like in the antagonistic roles. And you know one of them is going to be actually evil and one of them is just going to be kind of like And a, you know exactly dick. who it's going to be. And you know exactly it who it's going to be. It be anybody but Brendan Gleeson. It wouldn't make sense otherwise. Because she's the one who's being like, who's being more like, I think that they're that he's a dick and I don't Dude, like Vera this. And he's Farmiga. like, no, he, they're good. Verified media had like nothing to nothing do. To do she yeah. was literally just, we need generic female agent. Very and much that's what squandered. happened. And it's just like, that sucks because she's actually a really great actress. But Brendan Gleeson is doing an American accent and he is Scottish. Just like he's Irish, I think. Is he Irish? Yeah. But he's he ha- he does the same take on the American accent that uh, that uh, Ewan McGregor does. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> You're not gonna fall for the old. But I'm, the I'm sorry, that's just funny to me. <laughs> he does the, he does the like. It, he goes up a register and has his like. So all right, all right, there, uh, Ryan Reynolds. Are you gonna bring this guy in there? And, it's, and, it, and it oscillates between that and and then the southern thing. So he'll yes. be like, all right, now son, what we gotta do is get us. Uh, <laughs> it's fucking wild, man. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it, it's uh, he's uh, he's very specifically American in it, so it wouldn't make any sense for him to have his yeah. regular accent. But boy, basically he's that's, a tough that's time. the deal. Like he, Tobin Frost shows up, then it turned, then you know Ryan Reynolds dutifully calls it in. Then these bad guys, this hit squad, show up at the safe house, and they've got a they've got a escaped. They, they followed. Got a, they got a run offed. Yeah, they, it's right. Robert Patrick is the guy who's sent to extract Tobin Frost, and he waterboards him. Is that what waterboarding is? Yes, that's what waterboarding is. Who are you working for? And Denzel Washington was like, you don't have the right, like, thickness of of washcloths or whatever the fuck. (laughs) It really makes you think. I thought that was funny. He knows all all about the waterboarding as well. It was a very Denzel-y thing to do. Yeah. We find out a little bit like later on. It's not the most satisfying reveal. Like the one of the reasons that he switched over um, or went rogue or whatever is that he just got a little cynical with like American, yeah, American bullshit post nine eleven. You know, yep. so okay, it's I'll not the most satisfying anybody. like revelation no. or anything. But, but anyway, they got to go. And so Ryan Reynolds throws Denzel into the trunk of his car, and there's a there's a oh, car like chase after the water after the waterboarding. Like a, a, a kind of a, 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 a mysterious team hit up. team shows up, and you know that their objective is to take uh, Denzel and kill him or whatever. And Ryan and Reynolds, Ryan has, Reynolds. has never seen this much action in his whole fucking life. Yeah, he's just like standing there, like wide eyed, watching yeah. all this fucking go down, like kind of shell shocked about it. He probably wouldn't have made a great field agent. No, no, no. He I mean, he's just ready. been hanging out in that cool safe house for a year or whatever yeah. it is. Can't get with too his, comfortable with his know? hot girlfriend and all that stuff. But his girlfriend thinks he's like a doctor, though. Yeah, he's he's had to he's had to lie I'm to her, which just seems like such a a more like stressful job to like lie about. You know, like why can't he say he like works insurance? Yeah, I feel right. like you'd have to really job. like. I'm a doctor. I don't know. I what, think you know, it'd like, be hard if, to lie that you're a doctor. She, what if he comes home and she's like, you know, how was your surgery today, honey? You know, like, he's got to go, like, now he's got to know doctor shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like in Spy Game where he's like, uh, 
get that girl's phone number and then he does and he's like what did you tell her well i told her this that and the other thing and he's like you've now given me three lies that have to be true it's yeah like, exactly I'm, yeah tell her you're an accountant yeah he should, he should be like that do you remember that alec baldwin snl sketch where he plays the actor who can't who plays doctor a doctor on television <laughs> yeah. and he can't pronounce any of the terms he has canker in his anal canal <laughs> <laughs> it's bad news it's canker <laughs> Yeah, that would be good. <laughs> but, not, but, but this movie's not funny. Oh, and that's the the, the thing that I wanted to the, the, I thought was most inter- interesting is maybe not the word for it. But like I like saw the cast of this movie and I never heard of this. Don't remember it existing. Uh, when you proposed it, I was like, "What the fuck is that?" Then I looked it up and was like, "What the fuck is that?" And then I, I just it said Ryan Reynolds, Denzel Washington, and I could just I just automatically assumed it's like Denzel and. And Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds is being old a goofy guy and the young guy. He's being mm. Deadpooly, and then the old guys are like, "Oh no, you don't!" And like, and that's and I was just a hundred percent sure that that's what it was going to be. Yeah, we do not get and that Ryan not. Reynolds. We no. get a, he's serious. A Ryan scared, Reynolds. silent Ryan Reynolds yeah. for most of it, which I I do believe I prefer more than snarky Reynolds. But yeah. they don't have. First of all, they don't have a ton of screen time together anyway. And yeah. when they do, when they're they do, just running. There's no chemistry. Yeah, because they're not really like. And at the end, talking. when you're supposed to be, you're supposed to believe that they've come to some kind of relationship. No. Like the only thing, like maybe Ryan Reynolds just thinks Denzel Washington is cool because he is, and that's about it. He is a legend, as they keep saying. He's a psychological he's a, genius. He's as a psychological well. genius. His, uh, he's an expert manipulator of human assets. He mm, stays so calm, know. cool, and collected all the time. They describe him that way, so you're like, oh, he's going to do some real mind fuckery. And he does, like, real, yeah. just the little bits of mind he, fuckery. He does, like, baseline Denzel Washington, like, charming mind fuckery. Rule very, number very one. normal. Rule number one, you're responsible for your house guest. I am your house guest. And so you've got to look after me. He only call, and I counted this. He only calls him son three times in this movie. <laughs> Very disappointing. I thought that, but the, but at a certain point, it is just them like evading everybody. I did they don't like know. the part where where Denzel makes Ryan Reynolds smoke some PCP. <laughs> <laughs> but naked. Didn't like. Didn't know you like to get wet, Ryan Reynolds. But naked. Smoke that sherm. PCP. That's what you had. That's what you had. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Whoa. Your training agent was Vera Farmiga. She lick, lick her license. What? Lick, lick her, her license. license. Yeah, he is not. I mean, he is. It, it's. It's. He's positioned as that kind of character, but he is not energetic. He's not no, interested in no. doing it. It's the kind of thing that when you put the two performances next to each other, you're like, well, I can see why he won the Oscar for fucking Training Day. He. Right. Won, he really wanted to be there in Training Day. He yeah. was having a great time in this. He is collecting. He's a like, paycheck. when is my tea time? Yes, but there, but this, but there's like a whole long scene that where it's totally like that old training day magic where he's driving around. Uh-huh. You see lots of shots of him talking to him in the rearview mirror, yeah, uh, which is like a classic training day sort of thing. And then, and he's kind of like doing little, little dispensing his worldly tidbits. Yeah, pushing and pulling, yeah. uh, sticks and carrots with that's him. Dispensing I, his worldly tidbits. Well, that's what I do. That's what <laughs> I call it. You dispense your worldly tidbits. I think the youth. I think the young people like it when I get down verbally like that. <laughs> he, but he, like at one point, he's like they're. You know, talking to each other, and, and uh, Ryan Reynolds is being like, "Don't talk to me. I, I know that you're an expert in human manipulation, so don't don't think that you can whatever." And he's like, "I like this. The two of us figuring stuff out, kind of like the Hardy Boys. Ha <laughs> ha. I'm that was being cute. cool right now." And then he goes, "You're not gonna get in my head." And he's like, "I'm already in your head, son." Also, like, what really episode of the Hardy Boys was like this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then at a certain point, they go to. Another safe house. Well, they go to the stadium. Oh. They go to the stadium. Oh yeah, Cape, I'm like Cape already Town. at the end because they're trying. <laughs> they're trying to like disappear into the crowd and lose their tail. People and... get fucking stampeded and trampled. They yes. do appear to have shot this thing at the, during an actual game. At looks the, good. What I can only assume is called the Cape Town Stadium. 
yeah. or whatever they call stadiums in South Africa. South <laughs> Africa. Um, but like, but this is you know impressive looking stuff. Yeah, it's all right. Like, it's a whole thing with tons but of people. The whole, the whole yeah, thing is shot. So, the whole thing is sort of shot, kind of jangly, handheld. It doesn't look great. Like it's it's not good looking. It's, no, they're it's straight up going for the for the, the Paul Greengrass. Paul Greengrass. Thing. And yeah. I have a name for that, and it's called "What the fuck am I looking at?" Cinema. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like there are shots where two people are in a room talking and it's just like one guy's eyeline looking off screen on a 235 to 1 scope frame and it's like maybe half of his face and then half a computer monitor on the other side of the shot and you're like what the fuck am I looking at? <laughs> like yeah. who directed this? Why? It's directed by the guy who made Morbius and he and he watched the second two Bourne movies uh, over and over and over again and then made this movie. And it's got a lot of fil- like the filters too, or like very mm-hmm. much of the two- 2012. Where you're like, Ugh. yeah, it looks like total shit. <laughs> Yikes! It's it's like even more visually generic than than Body of Lies. Yeah, and then and and that and that's the kind of action that they're doing too—a combination of like this chaotic like public yeah. crowd scene type stuff, and then one-on-one combat scenes, that and then are like car chases, real punishing, and which brutal. which are okay. Dude, I I like no, the fun. fighting scenes. They, I thought they were really cool. They're very. Up close and intense. There's lots of glass smashing and body throwing. Yeah, em- and emphasis I, on the pain. That was like my probably my favorite part of it. They they did a gr- they did a good job ripping off those the the Bourne fight scenes. Yeah. I said exactly lots of punchy, do, stabby. Yeah, <laughs> the fight that uh, Ryan Reynolds has with Joel Kinnaman, I think, is a highlight. Yeah, it was yeah, pretty yes, cool. Yes, it yes. gets it just gets real bloody and and desperate and yeah. that sort of stuff. And you're like, damn, like, it I sucks like to the, fight uh, people. Like, and goes on for like a long a time. Long like time. you can see that it's exhausting both of them. It's like one of those. Yeah, like, and there's like a decent said. car chase too with them in the middle. Yeah, um, it's it's t- very down the middle. To do it, just doing what yeah. it's trying to do. Nobody's too excited about it, but they don't fuck up too much either. I did like after Ryan Reynolds finally kills Joel Kinnaman, and he's like, because Joel Kinnaman gets him with this piece of glass and like stabs him in the guts. Yeah, and uh, and Denzel's there, and he and Ryan Reynolds is like. Don't leave me. And I was like, oh, shit, this is gnarly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, 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 then he goes. <laughs> yeah, then he just leaves. Yeah. <laughs> before that, and this is before they've be, they struck up this a little bit of a makeship friend, yeah. uh, make uh, a friendship of some of sorts. They're at the they're at the stadium and Denzel, when they're like out in like uh, in, in public, goes like, he's trying to kidnap me. Yeah. Yeah. And then he gets and then ah, he gets away. And then there's a big foot chase. And I think De- it's funny that uh, the, the South African authorities believe the black guy. But it's very hard. I know it's about very. Anything? Yes. <laughs> It is hard to watch that and go like, yeah, okay, sure, we care about what. Yeah. We also do get uh, Denzel cleaning himself up and giving, getting a haircut and a shave and stuff, which yeah, I knew, oh, knew was yes. going to happen. I thought that was too bad because I liked his he look before. He looks so cool, but it is, but it is like when it happens, you're like, oh yeah, they kind of had I, yeah, him. Yeah, you kind of. They had to him look it. that way because so they could do this. Yeah. yeah. But he has this cool. His hair is really big, and then he's got this beard. He's and got, got a, like he's gray. Got, there's gray in it. Yeah. He looks fucking awesome. He's kind of like doing. He's got like a Dr. Cornell West yeah. disguise on. <laughs> Absolutely. He looks I, good. I thought it looked really. Really cool, but then you know, but that's why they had him. At one point, someone calls him the Black Dorian Gray. That's I Ruben, was funny. Ruben, Ruben Blades. I thought that was great. Yeah, yep. and Ruben and Ruben Blades uh, is in very much in the counselor mode, where he's like, uh, he's dispensing kind of some dispensing wisdom. Dispensing wisdom in that signature cadence that he has, and that was a part that I really liked. Can't advise you, counselor. He's like a he's like a, a form a friend from like the old days, who's definitely yeah. who's close enough with him that they're genuine friends aside from uh, whatever alliances. Are out there, and he remembers and Denzel's favorite wine. And he's going, "If I would advise you of anything, it would be to get out of this game. Like, what do you have to?" And he's, he like, reminds him of his humanity a little bit, and and of course dies, and of course is like, oh, "By the way, I also have children, and I'm 
<laughs> really nice guy. Uh, so if I died, it would be quite some, quite dramatic if that happened. And you're right. like, oh, well, I hope you don't. Oh, he did. All right. <laughs> Very well. There you go. <laughs> so that'll move things forward. Um, but he's he's in it for like eight to ten minutes or something, and I thought yeah. that was great. I'm a, I'm a big, actually, a I'm big a fan. big fan of his. We should yeah. do Q&A sometime. Absolutely. Is that Frankenheimer? It's Lumet. Lumet. Oh, I think there's a Lumet episode. Yeah, we, we, could we could probably figure one. Episode. But I would like to do that movie, especially because he does all the music for that. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, he does all the music for that movie. <laughs> he is the Elvis Presley of Central America. <laughs> that was you. <laughs> I'm the Beatles of Central America. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Who's the Stones? An Elvis man would hate it. <laughs> I don't know anybody else from Central America. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. Yes, but he's he's good, and then he then he's in and out, and then he's dead, and it's very sad for his family. Uh, and then the work. I think his like, family gets killed too. His wife gets murdered. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, well, and the reason that all this is is happening is, if, and we've we figured out pretty early on that there's a there's, there's of course a mole in the American side. Yes. And uh, they're trying to sell the monoclist too. And they're trying to sell the monoclist too. And we're given two options of who the mole can be, and it's very obvious. Yeah. Like. I really don't think it's going to be Vera. <laughs> yeah. So you're, so you're just like, it's Brendan Gleeson. It's Brendan Gleeson. And then towards the end of the movie where Brendan Gleeson, where she like, he meets her in the middle of nowhere and she's like, we've got a beat on the thing. We know where the knock list is. Uh, He's like, oh, okay, great. Get in the car. Never mind. I shot you and you're dead. I didn't see that coming. And it was definitely a, a shooting jump scare for oh, me. So, as, soon as, as soon as they met in the middle of nowhere, I was like, He's going to kill her. Yeah. Did it. I was like, oh, they're still, <laughs> they're coworkers. <laughs> Got me again. Yeah, he puts one in her chest and another in her computer, and that's the end of it. Sorry I had to do this to you. <laughs> but that, you know how it is to be an American, which I definitely Here am. Here, Farmiga, if you don't stop trying to stop my uh, my spy schemes, I'm going to cut my thumbs off. <laughs> and it's not even like she was doing anything to... They didn't give her anything to do. No. You know what no. I mean? She's There should have been there should have been a scene where Chris Rock shows up and is like, Hey, Brendan Gleeson, are you doing that, lady? <laughs> Tiger Woods. Jesus Christ. <laughs> You're like the Tiger Woods of doing that, lady, Brendan Gleeson. You're like the Silence of the Lambs chick in that movie, Bad Company. <laughs> Pit Baby. Pit Baby. Bad yeah. Company, Pit Baby. That's the name of my punk band. <laughs> fucking cool. <laughs> <clears throat> it, it is kind of amazing how perfunctory a lot of the stuff is where, like, you know, the training day stuff in the middle where it's like, I'm going to kind of fuck with you a little bit and, like, I'm trying to escape and... But then at a certain point, like, there's, like, a scene in, in kind of, like, the tenements where they're running across, across the top of, like, corrugated metal roofs. And uh, Denzel's about to be killed by a guy. And then uh, Deadpool, like, saves him. And then they're back together again, but, like, with an uneasy alliance. And then they're just, just trotting through this yeah, sort of there's, stuff. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of running. There's a lot of running. This a is lot of very, running. yeah, I know. There's plenty of action in it. I'll give it that. Yeah. That's true. For a movie. I like this. I like the stabs, the punches, and the smashes. You know. And I like the bleeps, the sweeps, and the creeps. <laughs> but that's just me. <laughs> and that—that's where we differ. And it all—and it all just like uh, builds up to another. They go to another safe house. So two safe houses. This Love going movie to two safe That's when he has the fight with Joel Kinnaman because Joel Kinnaman is Ryan Reynolds at the, this safe house. The director should have gotten up in front of the producers of the movie and wrote "safe house" down on the and then board. dollar sign. <laughs> the dollar yeah. sign safe, <laughs> safe houses. houses. Yeah. We're gonna make so much fucking money off of safe houses. There's two of them. Um, and that's and that's where we meet Joel Kinnaman, of course, who was famously in sort of got his, his career started in Daniel Espinosa's movie Snap a Cash. 
which was released in this country, I believe, under the title Easy Money. Oh. Sounds like you just made up all that. No, it's called, I, it's called gonna Snap have to trust you on that one. It's terrible. <laughs> I do not like this Espinosa character. I think mostly his movies are bad. <laughs> I, I I never understood why there there was so much Joel Kinnaman for such a long time too. Why did he's why did still Hollywood, happening? Is he still happening? Oh yeah. Why does Wait, Amer- the world Joel have Joel Kinnaman fever? He was in. I, I noticed him first on that TV show that took place in Seattle. The killing. The killing that sucked. He's in Dragon Tattoo Eleven. He was on a show called Altered Carbon. He's he's just in a ton of he's shit. In, he's RoboCop in the he's, RoboCop he's new, remake. He's new RoboCop. He's, I just see him over and over and over and over again and stuff, and I'm always he's like, like a fake Skarsgård. Yeah, I guess so. Oh, I, he's I totally a fake Skarsgård. Yeah, I don't think he's Look bad. At him trying to be Alexander. Mm. But he, I don't think he's bad by any stretch. But just I'm just like, why so much? Why this guy? What happened? I kind of like him. I've literally fine. never heard of him before. Right now, you've seen him a ton in a ton of shit. Yeah, I guess, but I, he never left an impression on me. Yeah, I think that's about right. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he maybe he's just like real good in the room or something like that. I don't yeah. know. He's just real, ch- real charming. I have no idea. Um, but there's a lot of Kinnaman out there. If you want to watch Kinnaman stuff, there's plenty of Kinnaman to see. Uh, and in this one, like he's the guy at the safe house, and, and at first, Kinnaman softly, Kinnaman, Kinnaman softly. Yeah. Nicole Kinnaman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but but he's like the guy. He's like the Ryan Reynolds of this other safe house, and he's and he's kind of like another bored dude just chilling at a safe house. Yeah, my safe house is really boring. Pretty boring being a safe house guy, right? They're like, yeah, yeah. Safe houses, am I right? But it's one of those classic scenes in movies like this where like they both sort of he's still pretending to be on his side, but they both kind of know that he's not, and they're and they're just both waiting waiting for the exact moment to kind of like ah, we're fighting now, ha <laughs> And that's basically what happens where they're like, you know. Having this uneasy. These safe house boys have a lot of pent up aggression and energy because they just fucking sit there throwing tennis balls against the wall. Yeah, yeah I mean, maybe they should. They should ready crank, to maybe go? They should crank it run, a little bit more, laps. like blast off some of that steam. Oh, they or should masturbate. Crank it more. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I, said, I was like, they should run some laps. You're like, they should jerk off. <laughs> my advice well, to you is to crank it more. What do you do? Run laps. Uh, not in the house. <laughs> Around my house. <laughs> <laughs> they can't leave. You're safe yeah. in there. I don't play video games or something. It just looks boring. Yeah. Anyways, they're fighting. We have searched this safe house from top to bottom, and we can find nothing but porno, porno, porno. 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 (laughs) They have a huge, intense, uh, punchy, stabby, smashy fight. Glass. In my opinion, the highlight of the film. Yeah, it's pretty good. Me too. It's my favorite part. Choking and very brutal, very brutal, and lots of. Deep dark red blood. Ugh. They do the thing where uh, where um, Ryan Reynolds is also like only theoretically been one of these guys. He's never killed anybody before. Yeah, he's right. never so, like, seen that. The whole yeah. thing is that he's never seen the action. You so know what he, I mean? That's why he was so scared when shit started going down at his safe house earlier. He first he was excited. He was like, "Oh shit, something's happening," mm-hmm. and then it, it was mm-hmm. quickly like, "Oh oh fuck, I'm not ready for this." Yeah. You know? And when he kills Joel Kinnaman at the end of this, he's like, "Oh fuck." Yeah, he has kind of a I breakdown. I killed a guy. Ah. Well, he's also all fucked up. And, and he's, like, and he's been. Yeah. Forget about it. Come on, let's go. And Denzel's so, been shot. Denzel's, but Denzel comes up to him and he's like lying on the ground. He's like, "Don't leave me. We're friends now." And Denzel walks away. Yeah. And you're like, "Oh, whoa!" But Denzel, of course, because we're at the end of the movie now. Yeah. Denzel's basically walks away because he's waiting for, for Brendan Gleeson to show up. Anybody here at the safe house? Uh, and uh, and Brendan Gleeson like comes. He, he fixes up. Um, right, Deadpool a little bit, and then he's kind of going like, "Do you know anything about the uh, uh, knock list, or or did he give you any kind of uh, I don't know list or?" I mean, was I like, like on the list or was I on there? <laughs> <laughs> and at this point, Ryan Reynolds like figures out that he's bad, and 
Well then, but Ryan then, Reynolds is like, why would he have given me a list? I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, that about, happens obviously. later, too. Mm. At the end of the movie, I'm, we at, at, the, the I'm the at the end of the movie. End of the movie right no, you're now. not. You're forgetting about the Sam Shepard scene at the end of the movie. I suppose maybe I am. At the end of the movie, after Denzel and well, Brendan Gleeson kills Denzel. Ryan Reynolds kills Brendan Gleeson. Yeah. Then he wakes up and he's okay, and then he's getting interviewed by Sam Shepard, who's like at the top of all this food chain, and he's like, son, Sam Shepard. Son, yeah, you don't remember this? I know I do. I'm just saying, Sam Shepard is yeah. in this movie. And he's like, son, Brendan Gleeson can't be held responsible for this. It'd be real embarrassing for American CIA. Did he happen to tell you what was on that file? And Brian Reynolds is like, what file? And, and Sam Shepard's like, the one with the embarrassing dirt on the CIA. And Ryan Reynolds is like, why would he tell me any of that? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it happens the same way in, in both cases. Because yeah. Brendan Gleeson does the same thing. Yeah. But he's holed up in bed. I, I want to get back to that because that's fucking crazy what happens there. Yeah. Um, so so this is just, they're resolving this, this shit with Brendan Gleeson being the, the bad guy. And basically what happens is he's like, oh, I'm the bad guy. And he reveals himself. And Denzel saves his ass at the very end. Yeah. Gets shot in the process. And then he's passing away, and he starts talking about wine, grapes, and everything. And, and at a certain point, he's like, be a, be a good man. <laughs> Earn, this. Earn this. But he says, one, he day, one day you'll meet a woman. Yeah. It'll be, it's just, like, it's just no. like the speech at the end of John Q. He's like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Be a good man. He's like, he's Pinotage, local grape, good grape. Be a better man than me, Deadpool. Lippins on your sta- lippins on our stallions are better. Hugh me googling Pinotage. Uh, don't kill innocent people and all this sort of stuff. And he's like, I really learned a lot about the the Central Intelligence Agency and American uh, hegemony abroad and mm. such and so forth. And uh, and then that's that's when we get the kind of like um, scene with Sam Shepard. Yes. Where he's like squaring off with him, he's like, "If you know what I think that you may know, but you aren't telling me that you know, you could be in a real bucket of molasses, boy." I thought you was calling, son. <laughs> and and Brian Reynolds was like, "I don't know. I don't have any. I have no idea what you're talking about." And he's like, "Cause you could really use that to kind of like expose all of like the shit that we do that's bad." And he's like, "Well, I won't." And he's like, "All right." And he does. That's what I love. It's like <laughs> he's like, you know, if uh, if somebody were to leak the contents of that file, they'd be they'd make enemies all over the country, all over the world. And Ryan Reynolds is like, "Well, I wouldn't do that. I don't even know what you mean." Cut to like he's walking out of the building, and you hear the reporter in the back of a soundtrack going like, going like, "And somebody leaked a bunch of stuff." And it's like, do you even? Did you wait? This is so. This is cla- We've talked about this a lot of times, especially in, especially nowadays, where the accountability, the, where the accountability information is released, and, and inexplicably in the world, it changes things. Yeah, where like, like we know for a fact, if this sort of stuff came out now, nobody would give a fucking shit. No, like, oh, the CIA did all this fucked up stuff. We assume that, anyways. We don't care. Yeah, that's what would happen. But in this movie, it's like, oh, they're changing. <laughs> People are resigning, and everybody's flipped out. This, cha- this changes the whole dynamic of yeah. everything. The world is shifting. I wanted it to end like the same way that uh, Fateful Findings does, where everybody <laughs> just shoots <laughs> themselves <laughs> on the, se- on the, s- the capital <laughs> steps. They now know all of the bad, evil stuff that we're doing. <laughs> Blowing their brains out one Amazing. after another. Oh, what a spectacular film. Um, but the, yeah, I guess he changed his things. He he lear- really learned about how bad how it's bad. And then he has to he has to be the new Denzel. He goes deep, deep, deep undercover. Yeah, which is totally inexplicable to me that this guy who like two days ago could barely fucking tie his own shoes. Right. we're supposed to believe is like a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> All you have to do is hang out with Denzel Washington for a little bit, like and that, then you'll become gone. that. 
Like that last shot of the movie where he's like walking down the street in Paris and then he like looks across the street and there's his lady friend and she sees him and it's like the end of the fucking Dark Knight <laughs> Dark Rises. Dark Knight Rises. I just wanted to go have a finet bronca and look at my girlfriend. And then it's like, and then Batman disappeared. Whoa. Fucking stupid. That was pretty wild. When he, it, it, It's also very similar to the end of The Born Identity, yeah. where he's like in some other country and he sees his girlfriend and they're like, oh! It should have had him. It should have had him calling a fucking Pamela Landy, and it's yeah. like, wait, this happened at the same time too. <laughs> Clean yourself up, Pamela Landy. You look like shit. Oh shit, he was looking at me the whole time. I remember when they did that in Born Identity, like, like it's like, oh, this has been happening concurrently with the second movie, so yeah. he was having two adventures at once, and you're like, what? <laughs> Why? <laughs> whoa, whoa, satisfying, I guess. I don't know what happened. Why is that that way? It's really strange. Uh, but yes, uh, that's it. That's it. It's that's, that that's, is it. That's, it's the end of that yep. movie. And then we play uh, a little song called "No Church in the Wild" by Kanye West and Jay Z. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, if true. <laughs> big is. if true. It definitely is. Uh, yeah, this this is Sam Shepard talking to uh, Deadpool, and he's people don't want the truth anymore, Matt. Too messy, keeps them up nights. I hear that every day. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I wake you up with that every I morning. Know, it's it's really annoying, Matt. Matt, that is not what I want to hear. People every don't want day. the truth anymore, especially not like I get the Sunday scaries, and it's like <laughs> I don't want to hear that on Monday morning. <laughs> uh, there's not a whole lot of like. Great lines in there. Yeah, because no one talks. He, Everyone's just running and chasing and fighting. Running. This house was not safe. I'll tell you that. No. Yeah, nope, nope, nope. I can think of one thing wrong with that title. <laughs> when your safe house becomes a crack dangerous. house, oh. a danger house. <laughs> uh, no, I, I got no lines. You got nothing. Yeah, that's that's pretty much ratings. It. Ratings. I'm gonna give this two and a half Juds as well. It's probably not that good, but. You know, I didn't hate my life while I was watching it. Mm. It's boring, but uh, there's a couple of saving grace notes with the action, and it's nice to see Denzel. Although, like, contrast this with John Q, where it's like, that movie was not as good as this, but is totally single-handedly rescued by a pretty sturdy performance by one of our favorite great actors. Yeah. And this one, it's like, man, he uh, is asleep. Yeah. It's not phoning it in to the level of Anthony Hopkins, but then, no. in a ba- but of course, that's like but possibly the most phoned in performance. And it's in not history. like he has a bunch of stuff that he is sleeping through. Right, they're not it's giving like him anything. There's to do just here. nothing yeah. there. Yeah. The, yeah. Like, so can, I guess can you, it's like there's nothing there, so we might as well just have Denzel Washington. Like, why yeah. not? You know what I mean? But uh, you know, it's like kind of the thing. Like, it's like uh, it's like it's always nice to see Denzel, but I would like to see somebody who's maybe got something to lose do this role. Like, what if like Wesley Snipes played this guy? That'd be yeah. fucking cool. Yeah, absolutely. You know. Anyway, no shade on Wesley Snipes. I'm just saying. Uh, so yeah, two and a half Juds, no Douglases. This uh, is a very non-horny episode. Non-horny yeah. episode. And I'm gonna give uh, I'm gonna give this ten out of ten uh, shards of glass in my tummy. Ow. Yeah, grim. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's two and a half. I, I gotta tell you, if you ever want to watch Safe House and think it's the what, just like a fine, fine film, watch it after watch Body it of it Lies after, and Bad Company. I, I watched it after Bad Company. Immediately after Bad Company, I watched them both on the same day. <sighs> Night was and like, day, people. Here we go. It's competent. I watched it first because I went to reverse Crony Lords, and that's yeah. That was your mistake. Was. That made it. That must have made Bad Company so much worse. It was so bad. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Very, very bad film. I'm sorry. Next time, definitely going <laughs> forward, Crony Lords. Yeah. 
Uh, you're, gonna, you're definitely going to do that given what we're doing next. Yes, oh, I will definitely. we have to. We yeah. have to. Well, we'll get to it. Uh, zero, uh, zero Douglases. Incredibly unhorny episode. And I'm going to give it 10 out of 10. Um, cool beard and hair combos that unfortunately get sacrificed yes. in this film. Yes. Although I will say this, usually when the the secret agent uh, has to shave his his beard off, it's because he's like, I'm back. Yeah. You know, like before I had the beard because I was afraid at the edges, I was losing it. <laughs> but now I shaved and I'm back, like what Jack Bauer would do. You yeah, know, exactly. That means that means that I've got the eye of the tiger again. Exactly. I'm sharpened. Um, I'm also I'm gonna give this three Juds because I I liked it as much as as body of lies i really liked the action in it um and yeah it just it it was paced fine and it just you know middle of the line movie mm-hmm. for me i wasn't mad at it uh i'm gonna give it zero douglas's obviously what did you give it matt i gave it 10 out of 10 shards of glass in my cup. oh yeah. <sighs> yeah i'm gonna give it um 10 out of 10 Glasses of Pinotage. It's good it's grape, local, local grape, grape variety. Yeah, good varietal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we, we did, did it. it. God damn, that was a t- kind of a tough one to get. That was through. a tough one. Yeah. Not not the toughest, but definitely definitely towards the bottom of the barrel. Just I don't think they this were next all one's going to be that side. hard. Mm. But it is in a similar vein. Yes. So, by popular demand, allegedly, <laughs> and also because Emily has never seen yeah. these, we are going to do. And I'm so excited for this. We're going to do the Mike Banning trilogy. We Olympus has Ma- fallen. Okay. London has fallen. And Angel has fallen. The has fallens. The has fallens. This podcast has fallen. <laughs> the podcast has the fallen. The Jerry Butler extravaganza. Oh, God. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. Yay. I am so excited. I, I don't know why I'm excited. <laughs> I can I can take I can take or leave Olympus and Angel, but London has fallen is just Bliss. Cool. Yeah. Chef's kiss. If you thought Law Abiding Citizen was a great piece of trash cinema yeah. with some dubious ideal ideology behind it, just wait until you see this <laughs> totally racist, oh no, <laughs> insipidly violent masterpiece. Yes. It, like attitudinally, it seems like the movie was made in like 1953 or something oh, like that. Oh, if you, it's I so mean, regressive. It is so. Dead on. I don't, exactly. even know what, I don't even know what these are about. I still haven't looked them up. <laughs> this is exact. The London Has Fallen is exactly just out of the box. So much the thing that it is that you could be mistaken for thinking it is intentional parody. Because it is like mm-hmm. they just made an exact one of these. But you now know so much about how these movies work that it just seems funny. Interesting. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to the journey. I will definitely watch them oh. in and, uh, and order. Nick Nolte is in the third one. I won't. Okay. I won't spoil. I how. think I have seen that. I will not spoil how he appears or what he's doing. Then. I think that I actually have seen that. Then. I think I've seen all three of these. Yes. Then huh. all right, Nick Nolte. There's going to be it. a lot to talk about, you guys. Boy, oh boy. And if oh. you want to do some additional homework for fun, I'm not saying you have to. I'm not saying I will. But Olympus Has Fallen came out like within months of White House, White down. House down, and they are both basically the same. Okay, movie. maybe I'm mixing that up. Yeah, White House Down is C. Tate's was this in twenty thirteen or twenty twelve, twenty thirteen, something like that. I think they came out while I was working in a movie theater too. Yeah, yeah. White House Down is C. Tate's. Uh, it's Tay Tay and President Jamie Fox, and it's what's his Independence Day. Rolling Emmerich. Emmerich. Yeah, it's and actually pretty fun. from the writer of Zodiac. From the writer, it's pretty fun. I it's mean, okay. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's got its moments. But the, and this one is uh, Antoine Fuqua. Yeah. And uh, and it's it's Jerry Butts and uh, President Aaron Eckhart. 
Oh boy. With some star making there. turns by Morgan Freeman, Melissa Leo has a scene in Olympus has fallen that will turn you fucking white. And some Jesus. of the some of the worst special effects you'll ever see. Okay, yeah. okay, Holy say no shit. more, no more. But, I'm but ready. Like even in the Olympus, which is a full on terrible movie and doesn't have the kind of like weird charms that London does, where London kind of is pitch perfect in its way. Yeah, Olympus is pretty bad, but there's definitely it's scenes funny. in it. They're pitched at such a crazy high level that there's yeah. just scenes where you're like, is this a dream sequence? Yeah, yeah. This is <laughs> fucking crazy. This what's nuts. happening? Yeah, yeah. And it's like that. That said, it's kind of not that good. And it's and it's kind of. I don't know. I honestly, yeah. from this conversation, I don't know what to expect. It's all about the butler, baby. The butler did it. He always does. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna get it seconds into. All right. Yeah. It'll be like, oh, here we go. All right. Until then, join our Patreon. Yeah. Come to the show. Uh, well, no. By the time this airs, the show. I hope you hope you went to the show. I hope you went to the show. Yeah. I hope you saw it. But yeah, Patreon uh, under five dollars, you get a bunch more extra stuff. Uh, Kevin still lives over there on the other side. That's right. And going to the lights. Follow, <laughs> follow us on uh, Instagram and on X. X. Some of us are on Blue Sky. I as still well. call it. I still call it. I think we're all on Blue Sky now. I'm yeah. on, we're I don't know all if Kevin on Blue is. Sky. I don't think Kevin is. Maybe I'll throw him. An they invite. don't have Blue Sky in hell. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. That's uh, all you need to know, yeah. really. Yeah, that's it. Thanks that's for listening, it. everybody. Uh, try to avoid watching any of these movies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Unless Until it's, say, unless it's bad company do. and you want to flagellate yourself or something like yeah. that. I Jesus. don't know. It's bad stuff. Till then, Spence has been killing us. Bye. 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 Bye.